0: What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Terror Table, a horror movie podcast hosted by the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. I'm Mitch, and I'm going to be joined by my co host Kyle and Boozy to officially wrap up our Nightmare on Elm Street retrospective series. On this episode, we will be discussing Wes Craven's New Nightmare Freddy vs. Jason and the 2010 remake. It has been a ton of fun revisiting this franchise and we personally feel like we assembled the perfect cast of friends to join us on this journey. We close this episode off by sharing everyone's personal franchise ranking list, which will show just how differently all of us feel about A Nightmare on Elm Street. But huge thanks go out to our friends Scott Hamilton, Seb Terrio, and Tyler Baptist for joining us on this adventure. It truly was a blast. Next week we could not be more excited to welcome actor, writer, and director Adam McDonald to the show. Adam wrote and directed both Backcountry from 2014 and Piwacket from 2018. Both are films that we're huge fans of at the Terror Table. Adam also directed all of season three of the TV series Slasher, which is available to watch on Netflix. So if you haven't already, make sure you're following us on all social media platforms and are subscribed on your favorite podcasting app so that you never miss an episode. But until next time, enjoy our final installment on our Nightmare in Elm Street series. We are back. This voice you're hearing is Mitch. Who do I got with me? You got Kyle right here <laughs> and Boozy. Oh wow, he's not waving this time. <laughs> he didn't just wave over Skype and expect Sorry, people I to know. Sorry, I can't
1: wave to you guys anymore. I will stand like a brick. Boozy, you can Jeez.
2: wave to me whenever you want. You know what? And I will feel it from afar.
1: do You like the the two finger wave? Like, no, no, I do not like that. Oh, okay, no, no, I'll put no that
0: two down. fingers. You got to do. That's I'll actually put, it put it down. I'll put it down. Open yeah. palm, open palm or nothing. <laughs> open palm. What have you guys? How have you guys been since last week? We we have reached the final episode of our Nightmare on Elm Street retrospective. This is wild. It is um, I'm feeling
2: great, and I'm it's happy. It's bittersweet, it's, happy. isn't it? It is bittersweet, but I'm happy that we can come together as a collective and reflect on this franchise that um has haunted me for a month now. At this point,
1: <laughs> this this is your spring. This is my. Sp- yeah, this is what you spent your spring doing.
2: It's spring twenty twenty is
0: lit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess before we get moving on into what we've uh, into the main features where we talk about new Nightmare, Freddy versus Jason, and that remake movie that came out in two thousand ten. Uh, let's talk about what we've been seeing this week. So, Kyle, you obviously you watched three Nightmare movies this week, so that can. Check you off. You you haven't
2: watched anything else, I'm assuming? There's no way I watched something else after watching 2010 remake, so no.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh Boozy, what have you been up to? Do you wanna do you got quite a few today or what what have you been up to?
1: I have so much. I
0: will I will carry the
1: the burden of Kyle not watching things. How do you guys I, have
0: time to watch all these movies so like, much. Kyle, Kyle, do you wanna know? Okay, so I'm gonna talk about uh, Boozy's gonna talk about whatever totally cut out here. Okay, Boozy's going to talk about whatever he watched. Uh, we, him and I will will pass off. Well, he can talk about one, then I'll talk about one. I'm gonna only talk about three today. But Kyle, I watched the entire Friday the Thirteenth
2: franchise. Like that just doesn't even make sense to me. Like I, I understand that we are in a climate where we have a movies. lot of time on our hands, but it <laughs> still movies. doesn't make any sense. Like, so I, I have watched sixteen movies. That's fucked, bro. That is I it. have an iCal where I literally try to like I've been trying to watch like four movies for the show in my calendar, but I have to move it around because other shit happens. Like I don't what know.
0: What do you, but what I want to know is what the fuck are you doing? Like do you just stare
2: at your ceiling? I enjoy myself. I go for walks. <laughs> I make dinner. <laughs> it
1: sounds a lot like you are just masturbating. You enjoy yeah, yourself. It's a, it yeah, it's it sounds well, like you just jerk off a lot. It sounds like I know I don't even he's know. He's doing anymore, the American pie I thing do. where he like he's doing the tantric sex thing. Maybe oh, I just, just lack out. Yeah. But like I just don't
2: understand. I figured
0: that or he's fucking a pie. It, <laughs> it blows my mind. It blows yep. my mind. Yeah, cuz I I've been trying to think about that because yeah, like as you guys saw on the gram, I bought I got a new bike this week. So I've been riding a bicycle like crazy. Um I've been working out outside of that and I've been doing this podcast trying to get Exciting guests coming up that we have some exciting things co- coming up on the show. Been trying to prepare for this. And I've still watched the entire Friday the 13th franchise. Well, you clearly just have better time management than me.
2: I, mean, I take <laughs> my time. I wake up at around you know 11. You also um, still search for Pokemon. I Actually, that is very true. That yeah. is very true. I run an <laughs> so, online club. <laughs> that's um, true, yeah. Anyway. A real
1: renaissance man, honestly.
2: A jack of all trades. I like to Boozy,
0: let's kick it off. What have you watched uh, since last week?
1: All right, I'm going to start with the first one, and I feel like I'm picking up the slack on this for you guys. I finally went and watched Brahms the Boy Two. Boozy got Brahms. I got Brahms. Hella,
2: hella Brahmsed,
1: man. Um, how was it? What a wild ride, really. Uh, especially after recently watching the first one, um, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, <laughs> It's fun enough. I mean, I, I don't know, it's it's hard to explain. Um, the acting is very suspect.
2: <laughs> How is Miss Holmes?
1: Um, I actually messaged my friend I don't want I don't want this to sound like really bad or towards her, but it's just like did she age like twenty years out of nowhere and we like didn't notice?
0: Because she's Dude, like same, same oh. thing with Helen same thing with Helen Hunt in that ICU like, movie.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's same like thing they, with Helen they Mirren. She's like older than They're just there all of a
0: sudden. <laughs> yeah, Helen Mirren's is old now.
2: Yeah, that's weird, Dad.
0: <laughs> Where does yeah. that
2: pull come from?
0: <laughs> My guess is so Katie Holmes, she must have just started aging at double speed the moment she left Scientology.
2: I, I honestly think you're right. Like that makes that all the makes sense to me. I think, or maybe, so, like, once you star in Jack and Jill, like, everything goes downhill. Yeah, that's true. I still, like, well, I still think... Uh, of, like, uh, Ka- fountain of youth. Ka-
0: Katie Holmes is so beautiful, though. She's so pretty. Why are you she's... watching Brom's The Boy 2, then? Because, Boozy, I know that some things mm-hmm. don't need to be fucking done. Like, <laughs> I know that that movie... Like, I've, I've seen enough trusted sources tell me that I don't need to fucking see that movie. You probably don't. But
1: it feels, <laughs> and I know that like you had that phase where you're really into like the possession movies. I, I still like possession movies. I, I like them when they're like, good. N- no, you said you've like kind of like n- you know waned on them a little bit. Where where it's like I feel like old Mitch would have uh, tolerated this movie.
0: I think what you're trying to say is like because I've kind of grown out of like the insidious style movies. Is y- that what yeah, you mean? yeah, that's, that's what I'm that's, going with. And here's the thing: I still love insidious. And let me clarify, I. I am always, always in the mood for good stories and good movies. So like if it's a, even like I said, Blood Quantum, I'm so old, I'm so over zombies and Blood Quantum blew me away. So it just proves that all you need is a good story, good acting, something have something to show me and then I'm interested. (laughs) But yeah,
2: so would you recommend me watching the first one before watching number two or should I just go in cold turkey?
1: I'm honestly going to say go in cold turkey, but then watch one after, because I, I feel like one would be a good palate cleanse after
2: mm. two.
0: Holy a God. reversal.
2: Interesting. Okay, so it okay. sounds like
0: you're you're dancing around saying that it was a piece of shit boozy. You don't want to don't admit wanna, defeat. You don't want I to don't admit defeat. say
1: it's... It's not a piece of shit, it's just it's not great, and I feel like it's one of those films that's going to be forgotten even in the terms of, like, The Boy. If someone's like, oh, I'm going to watch The Boy, people will be like, I kind of...
0: Did he just cut out super hard for you, too?
2: Yeah, we just, I think we may have lost Boozy. Oh, Boozy, you're back. Yeah.
0: Did, did I cut out?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. How, how much good. of that
1: did you
0: get? <laughs>
2: Well, we you kind of went like this and yeah. then it stopped.
0: Um, all right. Well that's okay, so the boy it sounds like a not <laughs> not very uh, not very favorable review. What? <laughs> those are Boozy's thoughts on the boy too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Do you want me to go or do you got how much? how many films have you watched, Boozy?
1: <clears throat> uh here, let me let me double check here. I have five more, technically. Oh, wow.
0: Sweet. Okay. Hit me with one more. Okay. Hit me with uh, one more.
1: So this is... Oh, no, no. You have to go, because then my next one's a two-parter.
0: Okay, I'll go. All right. So I have three movies that I'm going to talk about today, because I, like I said, I we finished watching... We did the entire Friday the 13th franchise, which was... An absolute blast. Um, I was inspired to do it because Scott Hamilton, who was on for the first Nightmare on Elm Street episode, he had told me that he was working his way through the gauntlet, which he called it, which I am now stealing because I I appreciate that term. Um, So he was watching all 11 Friday the 13th movies. Uh, actually, I'm not sure if he watched the remake or anything, but um, Courtney hadn't seen all of them, so I decided, hey, now is the time to do it. So we did that. I absolutely love that franchise. I know that it's not, uh, it doesn't have as much love or care put into it in the way that Nightmare or Halloween does or anything like that. But I still think that those movies are so goddamn enjoyable and there's so much fun to be had. Uh, If you're interested in seeing my ranking, you can follow me on Letterboxd. I put up my list there. But I don't want to talk about those today because I am hoping that eventually one day we're going to go down that path and do a Friday the 13th retrospective. Uh, So I'm not even going to waste any time sharing my thoughts on those. We have
1: talked about that before. I just Talk feel like we have to pick the right time for it to do the, the Friday series.
0: Yeah, no, we definitely are going to do it at some point. It's just we're not going to do it right after Nightmare on Elm Street. So uh, yeah. that, w- that was my bad. Uh, but it w- once again, it was inspired by Scott because I love the man so much. And uh, I started talking to him about when like, he was just sharing his thoughts on the Friday th- franchise. And I was like, oh, fuck, I'm going to do the same thing. <laughs> and then here I am, rewatched them all. I'm a different man. Um, but yeah, so other than that, I watched three movies that I really enjoyed all three of these. So I'm going to recommend all of them. I'm going to start off with after midnight. Uh, so this one was written and directed by Jeremy Gardner, who was the guy behind the battery. Kyle, you know, the battery. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was also co-written by Christian Stella, uh, who was the direct- He was also the director of photography, and he was on our friends at Erie International. They had him on as a guest on their podcast a couple months ago, and it was a really solid episode. And I've been looking forward to watching the movie ever since I listened to that. And honestly, any I, I would have watched it even without that episode just because I really enjoyed the battery. I'm interested in what Jeremy Gardner does. He's one of those guys that, that makes these very. Low budget, uh, contained horror movies that are more—they—they they have a lot to say. There's—they're heavy on the drama, and then you know have little bursts of horror throughout them. But they're not just your stereotypical straight up horror movies. Um, but this one is, yeah. So it's starring Jeremy Gardner, who the writer director, and Bria Grant. And Henry Zabrowski from the last podcast on the left, and he's also in, uh, like, he's been in a bunch of movies. He was in Wolf of Wall Street, and then Justin Benson, who's one of the co-writers and directors of Resolution, Spring, and The Endless. Uh, He's also in this movie, but I just thought this was an excellent indie horror drama. And it had some genuinely funny moments thanks to Henry Zabrowski. He's fucking hilarious in that movie. I genuinely think that. And uh, I just think it's a really, really well-told story. And I connected with it on a very personal level. And I don't want to spoil anything for anyone. But that I've been thinking about the last like 20 minutes of that movie pretty much all week. And I'll just start giggling to myself. Um, it has to do with a Lisa Loeb song, and I've I've been listening to that song pretty much on repeat ever since I've uh, ever since I watched that movie. But it's a it's a creature movie. It is uh, this guy Jeremy Gardner. He believes that every every night, like after midnight, he's being attacked by this this monster that's coming out from the woods and it's attacking his house. And he's, uh, he's becoming kind of a basket case and he's guarding his door and it's destroying his relationship with his girlfriend. And uh, it's, you know, preventing him from growing up and being able to continue on with his life. And it's just, it's a really great, really great horror drama. And I highly recommend it. I I really liked
2: after midnight. So once again, I kind of feel bad for Lisa Loeb because, you know, when you say a Lisa Loeb song, there's only one song there could possibly be. I'm sure she's made several albums, but... Is it Stay? <laughs> there's literally no other song it could be. What song is it? I, it I'm, not I'm not very... Yeah, it is. Okay, because I'm
0: not very well versed in Lisa Loeb, but when that... No, no song, one is. That's dude, what yeah, I'm, I'm trying get, to say. Yeah. Like, no one is. <laughs> when, that song came up, when it came up and like, how it's treated in the movie, uh, I was just like... I fucking love this song and also you, you are right uh, this is going to go on to a little tangent on like you know early 2000s emo but I think that Lisa what? Loeb was <laughs> Lisa Loeb <laughs> was the inspiration for a lot of Taking Back Sunday melodies I could see it actually yeah. What's face, listen, listen to Stay listen to Stay and I'm like oh man this is totally where they learned all their melodies
2: like if someone was just in the back like screaming for the last five seconds it could be a Taking Back Sunday song yeah <laughs> Actually, I'm pretty sure she did a duet with the lead singer of Newfound Glory, so there's, oh, there is, you know, what? it, it makes sense. Hype. It's all there. Anyways. Yo, that's not so the so second.
0: She... That I'm actually straight up going to be mentioning Newfound Glory again at some point in this podcast. Sick. <laughs> what what were you saying, to it. What sick. were you saying, Kyle?
2: I would say, I was just, sorry for <laughs> taking there, but I just I think feel you bad would... for Lisa Lopez.
0: Yeah, I think you'll you guys will both really dig this one. So definitely check it out because this is gonna be one that we're probably gonna be talking about at the end of the year. At what least was that title again? After Midnight. After it has, Midnight. has a really cool poster too.
2: That's sick. No, I'm so I, lo- glad I actually. it's good. Yeah, me yeah, too. I,
0: I I really liked it.
2: Well, I love I the battery love and I, I actually haven't kept up with the filmmakers like careers very much. Um so I'm happy to see that they're still doing stuff and that they're putting out good work. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, I need to watch the battery again because when, when it came out I was a like I'm a bit I'm still a big fan of it and it's been a while since I've seen it, but I definitely like I think I connected with After Midnight a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Boozy. Boozy's pulling up Lisa Loeb pictures now.
2: <laughs> Lisa Loeb has like like the like the library look, you know, like the librarian. Yeah, she look. does. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> She's the All corporate right, boo- librarian in any love comedy. Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's that's sick. <laughs> She's the one who just as soon as she takes her glasses off, she's kind of a freak. (laughs) No comment. (laughs) It's Kyle.
1: As soon as Kyle takes off his glasses, yeah, he just gets real fucking
0: (laughs) daring. All right, Boozy, what else have you watched?
1: Okay, so this one is for all the Kyles listening, which is, I mean, the one that I'm looking at. Um, I finally watched Climax.
2: Oh, my
0: God. Wow.
1: What a okay. wild ride. So Gaspar
0: Gasper Noé's Climax.
1: Yeah, I mean, Kyle, I think you'd do a better job explaining it than I would, because you love this movie.
2: Well, I mean, there's not much to explain. Basically, a bunch of dancers are <laughs> hanging out, and they take a bunch of uh, spikes sangria, and the night just goes into complete chaos. It's beautiful and perfect. What did you think of it? <laughs> those are two words I would
1: definitely describe it with um, it was very jarring and scary and it really shows what like uh, an untamed mind can do to itself there's some very aggressive it. things going on in this movie and I, I find the ending is, is jarring in the best possible way It just like, as, it kind of feels like a clip show of all the horrible things you probably
0: missed yeah it's it's pretty yeah. uh haunting Absolutely. that movie is
2: like that movie feels like it's alive like uh, you know what i mean like as yeah, it's yeah, as yeah, you're yeah. watching it it feels like it's almost like <laughs> it could be like a choose your own adventure or something <laughs> like that like it almost feels like it's literally um existing as you're watching it if it's that makes like one any those, sense like,
1: interactive playstation games that's how it felt you're just kind of going through very voyeuristic watching all this happening
0: also, I know it's not our job. It's not our jobs to always point out because we we have no way of telling who like we can see how many people are listening and everything like that. But we don't know everyone's taste or anything like that. But, uh, we should point out that this is very much a movie that isn't for everybody. <laughs> like, Clim- right. Climax yeah, yeah. is a movie that a lot of people I know have seen it. Uh, I think a couple based off of our recommendation, and they really didn't like it. And uh, I can totally get that. Like that's totally not a movie for a lot for.
1: I think and that's Gavin's part in way in general, though. He makes a very totally. certain kind of film.
0: Very jarring. It's kind <laughs> yeah. of weird that Climax is one of his easier movies to watch.
2: That's true. Well, absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. The thing about Climax, though, is I do feel like if you aren't into it, like in the first like 15 minutes, you just won't yeah, get like out. it. Yeah, so there's get a, out. there's at least that. Like, I mean... It's also not very long, so it's not a huge commitment. But but
0: it's one of those movies that will feel so long for people who don't like that kind of thing. Yeah, but, but that, I also kind of like the idea of people who, if that's not the kind of movie that you're generally into, put yourself in it, put yourself through it anyways, because you should. You should absolutely. know how you should know how some of us feel. Also, that
2: movie so riding gun.
0: Oh, sorry. No, cool. go ahead.
1: Um, I was just going to oh. say, like th- that movie relies a hundred percent on the actors their the performances out of all those people is just
0: mind-blowing well the dancing is so damn good and that like it's just it's it's not even like i i'm not a dancer so there was actually i remember when i first started watching it i was like it is what they're doing good because what i see is they're just throwing their arms around but then at one point they start all doing it in unison or like together and it all starts flowing well i'm like oh I'm being exposed to how real dance looks, like how an yeah. actual like dance troupe looks. You and it's stepped like, up to the
2: street. Just, you're stepped, literally yeah. in the You Stepped in the up
0: to the acid.
2: But it, it's, it's almost, it's almost, you're almost like watching professionals, but then you're, you're watching professionals, but you're also watching people just hanging out at a party. Like not only right. are they talented, but it's also just like, I don't know, like they're not they're so practice shitty. right now. They're just like kind of hanging out. Showing this.
1: and and that stuff is whatever. the The stuff that's really important is how well they do in showing the mania and like insanity when it when it gets to that. Nobody felt overly forced for me. I I don't know if you guys felt that way, but like but everyone felt like
2: per, I was like, okay, I believe it. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, some, yeah. Of the chari- some of the characters are a little like I mean, you could call them tropey to some extent, but I mean, I think they're never like to stick out. Though. Yeah and it doesn't feel contrived it's not a plot convenience or anything like that like it it just feels natural in the movie yeah yeah cool all
0: right so that's climax Uh, so that sounds like a bit more of a recommendation from boozy (laughs) sounds like you like that one a little bit more than brahms
1: yeah if you were if you were to have a movie night and choose between the two i think you could figure it out
0: you'd prefer to spike your punch with climax and not with brahms
1: Man, you know I'd be the one in the bathroom scalping myself. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle,
2: Christ. what do you what do you say? I mean you have to pick climax. Like
0: <laughs>
2: the, the, you just unless up. you wanna like be unless you wanna be a psychopath where you watch the first half of Climax, then you watch Brahms the Boy Two, and then watch the second half of Climax as like a climax sandwich. <laughs> then maybe it's that might bad. be that might be the way to do it. Okay, I got
0: another recommendation I'm going to I'm going to hammer off right now, hit you boys with. Um I watched Monstrum, which is now on Shudder. It's the new Shutter exclusive monster film from Korea. Uh and this one it it's starring one of the people, the only people that I know, the only person in it that I'm familiar with is uh Woo Sik Choi, who plays the son in Parasite. Uh he's okay. like the tutor, but he's in this. And yeah, so it's it's set in um it's set in 16th century Korea, and it's set around like an out. There's like an outbreak of a plague that has consumed multiple people, and it's believed to be carried by this vicious giant beast that's roaming the sur- surrounding mountains. It's this movie, man. Cool it's just spot. like. It is so cool, and I loved it. Like this one, I was like, Courtney and I had so much fun with this movie. Um, but it's a really slick action. Like, there's tons of slick action sequences. Uh, it is one of those movies where you can very much tell it's a Korean film because, like, you'll get lots of slow motion arrows in the air, uh, cool sword work, and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, but you you just basically get to watch hundreds of people just get wrecked. But this is a proper monster movie. The only negative that I can say about it is that the monster is entirely CGI. So that, that is one of those things that it's going to turn a lot of people off. But at the same time, this is a giant creature movie so they really didn't have any other options and especially I think it looks really cool I'm curious to know what you would think about it I don't think you would love the design as much as I did Um, but I think given the given the geography of where where this film takes place and like the lore behind the story I think the I think the way that the creature looks makes total sense it honestly kind of looks like a giant pug (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like a, a huge pug, but mixed with like a tiger, and that's that's what the movie's all set around. Is it's like okay, booze Like it's it, like there's all these people who are a part of this village, and they're there's like they're like tiger hunters, but they'll they all run out and they're going to try hunt down this this monstrum, this monster, and but they're just tiger hunters, so. They're trying to take down this giant beast, but they're used to taking down, you know, obviously much smaller creatures so that you just watch them get absolutely wrecked for a large portion of the movie. And it's just it's very entertaining, very high energy. I wasn't bored for a second. Courtney and I loved it. So I highly yeah. recommend checking out Monstrum if you're a fan of, of uh, giant like monster movies or creature features. If that sounds like something up your alley, I really enjoyed it. Hmm. This looks like a lot of fun. This looks cool.
1: It, it, it sounds like the plot of Attack on Titan. A lot of it, like, sounds like that.
0: Is that what? Because uh, I have uh, never seen Attack on Titan, but yeah, it, it is basically like this monster. It it's a man made monster, but it's carrying a plague.
2: I've never seen an Attack on Titan either, so I cannot vouch. Wow, That'd I thought be, you were. I feel relieved. like you
1: guys. I, f- I feel like you guys
2: would love that show. I feel like Kyle
0: should know everything about Attack on Titan, given how he looks.
2: It's um, <laughs> that's a little harsh. Um, Josh Gad is not a huge Attack on Titan fan, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and you know what? Just because I had a Pokemon poster in my room and probably will again, doesn't mean I've seen Attack on Titan, Mitch. I'm offended, and you're you just wrong. look. You look like the guy
0: who, if I were to, if I had to walk up to a complete stranger and ask them if I needed to know something very important about anime. You'd be the first person I'd walk up to.
2: You got it all wrong. I'm more of like a guy that can give you all the details about video now and when the color version came out <laughs> and maybe why the, the GameCube discs were so small compared to the large discs from the PS2. I, <laughs> right, that's right, more okay. my realm. That's more your lane? Okay. Yeah, but um, I'm offended and hurt just for now. the record.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, yeah, that one, that was Monstrum. It's on Shutter now, so check it out boozy what else you got
1: okay hopefully i don't cut out cuz my internet's shit um so this is this is my big portion and then i'm done so the other night i really wanted to ro- watch room 237 oh, which wow. i'd never seen before and like, I'd, I'd wanted to, so I decided before I watch Room 237, I would catch up on The Shining by watching Mick Garris' version of The Shining.
0: Oh, boy, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, what a wild... Man, did you do this all oh, because cause, uh, Kubrick's The Shining turned 40 two days ago?
1: Did it? No, complete coinc? I did not
0: know that. Complete coincidence? That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, uh, Kubrick's Shining turned 40 on, uh, I think it was May 22nd or May 23rd? You,
1: that's such weird, like...
0: Yeah, oh. May twenty May twenty third was its fortieth anniversary, but you watched Mick Garris's version.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I because I've seen like you know the classic Shining quite a few. Did times. Did you watch
0: Doctor Sleep too?
1: I, that's the only one I didn't get to. And okay, I, I, I will... but
0: next week, next week. Yeah,
1: so Mick Garris three part Shining series, completely dedicated to being as faithful to Stephen King as possible yeah nineteen ninety seven <laughs> um it's it's something it, what, a uh, s- <laughs> what a year Mitch, have you what a year i've seen, seen this?
0: it yeah like a long time ago though it has been admittedly a long time like I haven't seen it since high school
1: okay there's this weird added tension that there's um like shaped like tigers and they walk around every once in a while and they're like gonna eat you um mm-hmm the young boy in the film is awful just awful I, I i can't stress enough how awful he is in this movie and how how little i cared about anybody because of it um the main guy who plays jack does actually a pretty good job um he you know he didn't even really have a chance with what he was up against you know i'd never say like oh he was he did a better job but i feel like he tried his best but this move, there. This show is three parts that are each an hour to an hour and a half long, of just trudging through bullshit.
0: True. <laughs> yeah, I, I like. Like I said, it's been a while, so it it doesn't hold up very well here.
1: No, and the. The CG effects are really, really bad, and it just I feel like this is the one time where Stephen King went out of his way to be like, "Oh, this is how my version of this should be," and you kind of realize how poorly executed. He's not always
0: right. Yeah, no, he's, he's
1: not. He just yeah. he wanted to trudge through all this extra. Like I don't fucking care about Maine. I really don't. Well, that's
0: something you're gonna have to get used to if you're gonna get into the Stephen King world, because all of it is set in Maine.
1: (laughs) I understand that, but like with a movie or with the the show, movie date, whatever, it's it's like five, three to five hours of just fucking talking about Maine. I I couldn't
0: stand it. I can't believe you watched all of that.
1: (laughs) I did. I watched it all in one evening too. Like I watched it consecutively.
2: What's wrong with you? Man, Uh, movies were
1: so. Miniseries Im- were
2: so different back then. They're not how yep. they are
1: now. No. <laughs> why is Why is Stephen King's niche miniseries? He has so many like TV movies. Stop it. I don't know. I think well, it is it's actually... better than the
0: Langoliers. <laughs> Everything is better than the Langoliers. <laughs> yeah, Langoliers is the absolute worst. Important note that I need to add in here. You mentioned uh, the kid who plays young Danny. Uh, he yes. plays, He's played by Cortland Mead is his name. And uh, he actually plays Gus Griswold in Recess. Interesting. Yeah. Wow.
2: That's very cool.
1: Well, I'm glad that I only have to hear his voice in Recess, <laughs> and it doesn't really tarnish it for me. So.
2: Yeah. Also, so, Mick Garris has a very interesting filmography. This man wrote Hocus Pocus.
0: Yeah. Duh. He's really Mick. all over the place. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, I, I love, I'm in the middle of uh, Mick Garris's new podcast. He has Guillermo del Toro on this week. So I'm oh, like really very, cool. very into this. I, I love him as a person, as a filmmaker. Uh, obviously, he, he hasn't done the greatest films, but uh, I like a couple of them. You I know, am a is- huge fan of sleep- Sleepwalkers. It's hilarious. Well, he has a, a varied Keep filmography. Like, Nothing, cool. Not all of this is good, but there's Who's some... he there's hates? Some Sleepwalkers. <laughs> Sleepwalkers is <was> so bad. <laughs> okay, but let's get to the question that everyone's wondering. Did you watch 237 as well? Room 237?
1: Yes. yes. So I watched that the next day. I... It's amazing. I, I loved that that documentary, but you know so many of these people are just grasping at nothing.
0: Yep. I, I, I,
1: it's it's like I, I'm bummed for them. It's it's like being really interested in stamp collecting. It's like good for <laughs> you, but you're not going anywhere with this. Yeah, well, exactly.
2: It's like giving like a Reddit page a film. You know, it's like <laughs> That's exactly what it is. And, and and there's nothing really wrong with that. Like there's definitely um uh there's a certain type of audience for that which is fine but i think you're i kind of felt the same way as you did boozy like at at a certain point in the film i i kind of realized okay like they're not really working with much here but like i'll let them be like they're not credible sources at all yeah Yeah, I I i don't know
1: you hit the nail on the head it does feel like a reddit thread the movie and that's really... You kind of get to a point in the in this film where you realize that it has no real agenda. It just kind of wants to show you what these people have thought out. And it doesn't really give you anything. Because that's the whole point of documentaries, is you're supposed to have your thesis or your hypothesis and move towards an end and have a conclusion, and this doesn't. It's just kind of like a greatest hits compilation? Not it's even better. It's, it's a
0: it's whole bunch a of really book. fucking high guesses. <laughs>
2: yeah, and I guess I don't know. like Kubrick is one of those things where you almost just don't want the answers sometimes. You almost want that mystery. Like I don't know. I, I I think there's definitely a place for a documentary like this, but at the same time, uh, it's almost it's almost unnecessary to some extent.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's very unnecessary.
2: <clears throat> but cool. I, actually, that being said, it is a very well made documentary and it's an entertaining yeah. watch. It's just kind of weightless. like it doesn't hold much to its own yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and I think it is just for people who like really like The Shining and want to see people talk more about how much they like it because everyone in the film loves the movie, obviously, and have yeah. these wild theories. And like, it does make you appreciate The Shining more, especially if you watch Mick Garris' version. You really appreciate the other one more.
0: <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> well, damn, I can't I'm going to watch
2: that miniseries. That's so long.
1: <laughs> oh there's one yeah. really cool thing though is is they have um uh what the fuck is it it's like a a wolf head and they carry they carry it around and like leave it throughout the the hotel
0: which i thought was really cool because jack wears yeah. it a couple times yeah that's <laughs> all right so is that everything that's you got the this part? about the series <laughs> yeah, yeah that's the coolest part of the five-hour series <laughs> Uh, it's definitely okay, most I,
1: memorable. Oh, also, I forgot to mention really quick. He uses a croquet mallet instead of a uh, axe. Oh
0: no! And yes, he I do through remember. A
1: door yeah. with the the croquet thing, and they have like a scene where they're talking about how strong it is because mm-hmm. they have to reinforce that it'll break this door down. Like I don't know. It's, it really takes away for like the, if you want to use that as symbolism. That kind of is how the movie is versus how the original is. It's like an axe right. versus a cue Croquet thing. mallet. <laughs> yeah. A heavy duty one, though.
0: Yeah, there you go.
1: Industrial cool.
0: strength. Well, I have one left and then we can get on to our final Nightmare uh, franchise series portion of the episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, thingy. Um, okay, so yeah, my last recommendation, like I said, all three movies I saw this week I really enjoyed. And the last one I'm going to talk about is Knuckleball. Uh, so this one was directed by Michael Peterson, who is from Calgary, and the film was actually uh, filmed just outside of Calgary. Uh, I first heard about this one from our listener and friend Alexis Olenick. She saw it at uh, a Calgary film festival where the director and like the cast was there, I believe, and uh, they were showing it because it was all... You know, funded through Calgary and everything. Um, but yeah, this one is starring Monroe Chambers from Turbo Kid oh, and, Harp- Degrassi, Harpoon the next generation. and Degrassi. And Degrassi. He's great. <laughs> um, He's great. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I don't know. Wait, Boozy, you, did you see Harpoon at the film festival? I can't remember. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So uh, also, Michael Peterson produced Harpoon as well. So okay. it's the same. The director. Um, I believe you like that one quite a bit, hey?
1: Yeah, there were some amazing performances in that and a story you can't really figure. Like I found the twist was really good.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, this one is it's set around like a, a young boy. He's around I'd say eight or ten years old. He's dropped off for a weekend at his grandpa his grandpa's acreage, where he's forced to basically face his family's dark past. Uh there's obvious comparisons to Home Alone. Uh, this like, but the, the grandpa character is played by Michael Ironside, Michael Ironside of fucking Z Michael Ironside of, uh, or wait, no, Michael Ironside was in stillborn. Sorry. I I got them both mixed up. because we watched those at the same, we watched those so closely together. Michael Ironside was in stillborn and he was also in starship fucking troopers. Uh, but he was great in this movie. Uh, but yeah, yeah, like I said, there's obvious comparisons people are gonna make to Home Alone. I just think this movie was super grim and intense. The tone of the film is it's is a shining element. It, it would be so easy to make this story slapsticky or goofy, um, but I feel like the the best part about this movie is it always wears a straight face. Uh, but yeah, it is essentially a home invasion ish type movie. It's it's not even like it's one of those ones where I can't even really call it a home invasion movie, but that's probably the closest you could find to describing what it really is. Um, It's just a very grim contained little story. That's really, really intense. I I really enjoyed it. I think both of you guys will like it, especially boozy Uh, Monroe chambers delivered a hell of a performance. And uh, yeah, that one's so good. Like, yeah, he is good. And he's like, this is a role that, you definitely wouldn't expect him in. You wouldn't expect him to play this role, and he I think he does a really good job in it.
2: I he think he's really bad in Degrassi, so I'm happy that he is a good film actor. That's a good thing, yeah. no, and he's great in turbo Kid as well. He is really good in turbo Kid. that is yeah. that's true. And he what was the other film he mentioned that the director produced? Is he in that film
0: as well Har- harpoon? harpoon? Yeah, he's really good in harpoon as well. Cool, cool. And uh, but yeah, the, so and I believe harpoon and knuckleball—they're both available on Crave. So if you are Great. a Crave subscriber, boom. Not on go. Tubi so, though. Not no. on Tubi, not yet, not yet.
1: Fuck! First, I don't first have a single Tubi, Tubi recommendation.
0: The Wait, there's got to be a Tubi recommend I have here. Fuck. Shout out Tubi. Uh, I had to have watched something
2: on Tubi. Consider this Tubi continued.
0: Oh, I'll just say, I did you're watch. I, I did. No, that. I did watch. Uh, Tyler Baptist told uh, told us to watch uh, Recoil, which is uh, it's like a PM Entertainment action movie that was available on Tubi. And I watched that, and it was a blast. So if you're looking for a really fun action movie, check out Recoil on Tubi. Double down on uh, Tyler's pick there. But yeah, that's everything I got this week. Do you guys want to get on to a new nightmare? Let's do it. All right, Let's we'll be right back.
1: Finish this off strong. Market,
2: common market. I'm doing a film about my nightmares as I'm dreaming. them. In order for the movie to continue, it, it was dependent on me having more nightmares. Well, fortunately, I did. I'm a little
0: frightened by what Wes may have tapped into. I frankly felt that it was over when we did the last, the final nightmare. In a town
1: where movies go over schedule and directors go over budget, Something far more evil is out of control.
2: The world of horror film suffered its own terror today as two of Hollywood's best-known special effects technicians were found dead. Part of the theme of the movie is becoming like part of the making of the movie.
1: Can you come with me
0: in my dreams? I think that only happens in the movies.
2: It happens when the story dies. The evil is set free. Now that the films have ended, the teeny's out of the bottle. That's what the nightmares are telling me, and that's what I'm writing. This is still a script we're talking about, right, Wes?
0: You've decided to cross over out of films into our reality. The only way to stop him is to make another movie. Oh, my God.
2: The bad man's getting awful close. You're
0: gonna have to make a choice. What kind of choice? Whether or not you're willing to play Nancy one last time. Uh, no! Uh, Mommy!
1: Mommy! <laughs> <laughs> Cut the effects! Isn't there somebody who can stop him?
2: That person's you. Oh, I mean. But it was you that gave Nazir strength. to Oh, no. Where's my son?!
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Cheers, bro. It's vacation
0: time. Ready, Freddy? What? <laughs> fucking ready, bitch! We, we have reached Wes Craven's New Nightmare from 1994. The story goes, A demonic force has chosen Freddy Krueger as its portal to the real world. Can Heather Langenkamp play the part of Nancy one last time and trap the evil trying to enter our world? And this film was written and directed by Wes Craven, and it stars Heather Langenkamp, Robert England, Jeff Davis, Miko Hughes, and Wes Craven. Yeah. <laughs> so... This is a first-time watch for both of you, hey? Absolutely. Man, this is so exciting. So, obviously, we're going to talk about New Nightmare, then we'll do Freddy vs. Jason, then we'll do uh, the remake thing, and then uh, we're going to rank all these movies from our least favorite to our favorite. We also have the lists. I have the coveted lists in my pocket right here uh, from Tyler, Scott, and Seb of their personal favorites, their ranking lists. Uh, But first, let's just let's close out this series strong. Let's talk about New Nightmare. So this was one that obviously changed up the whole style of the of the franchise for this film. And um, I know I've talked about this film a couple times on the podcast. So I think some people already kind of know how I feel. So I want to know what you guys thought of it. What was your takeaway
2: from it? Kyle, let's start with you first okay yeah well yeah like you said mitch this is my first time watching it absolutely um <clears throat> although i think i mentioned in the last episode that i do have like a weird like thread in my memory of watching like the scene where um heather goes to talk to west craven in his house yeah. it, like i have like a weird memory of seeing that on tv at some point like i don't even know like 15 years ago so that's my only reference for a new nightmare but even like actually just remembering that scene i knew it was sort of like you know very meta like a meta narrative um and so for that reason alone i was excited to watch this um because i mean i was i was due for a change-up i mean after watching dream i don't even know what it's called anymore dream child dream, Masters, dream, dream master Ma- dream child and freddie's dead I guess more specifically, Freddy's Dead, if I'm being completely honest. After watching that, yeah, I was you know. ready for a changeup. <laughs> um and I and I absolutely got that. I mean, this is a cut above um a lot of what the series had been doing um for I mean, five years at least. So I really, really actually enjoyed New Nightmare. I thought this was great. Um and I think it has um, it borrows or not borrows, it kind of sets the The groundwork for scream in a lot of ways in my opinion like not not entirely obviously because this is a you know a nightmare movie and it's focused specifically on nightmare not necessarily uh horror as a genre uh or slashers but um i think those threads are there and i actually really really appreciate it for doing so and this movie is just it's a mindfuck like there's 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 a lot of moments in this movie where It's playing with being meta in a really, really interesting way, especially now in like 2020, maybe like, I don't know, 10 years ago, eight years ago, being meta was a really like kind of trendy thing to do. It became
0: so popular and this was, it's important to say this, this might've been the, like, obviously there was meta films before this, but But, not treated in this way, especially in this horror genre.
2: And what I was trying to get at is like, um, well, absolutely what you just said, Mitch. But also that this is this is a good example of a meta film. Beyond that, beyond the fact that you know maybe audiences now would find maybe a little bit tired or like a little cliche potentially, but I think it's a good example of a meta film. It's it's how you can do something like this uh, right and do it with some respect. And yeah, like I don't even I don't even know what more I could praise this film because I think. You know, it has a lot of the elements of the first film. Obviously, it's directed by Wes and Wes is in it and there's a lot of like kind of hilarious moments with that. But then it also has elements of where the series went on to be. Like it is goofy at times. You know, Freddie kind of um uh you know is very much you know an amalgamation to some extent of what he had become up until that point, but he's still more in line with the original Freddy and he's still generally terrifying in my opinion. And I think this film easily could have not worked to be honest, like on paper, it kind of sounds like a bad idea in a way. Um, But it's actually executed very, very well. And I think, I mean, that's not solely, but I think almost entirely due to Wes. I think, you know, you couldn't have done this movie without Wes Craven and Wes Craven had a particular vision with this film. And, yeah, it, it totally works for me. I think New Nightmare is top tier nightmare for me. Awesome. Boozy.
1: Okay, so I'm I'm with Kyle on this, especially after Freddy's Dead. This was a definite nice change up. Like I I know you guys praised Freddy's Dead and
0: No, we okay, we gotta fucking clear I'm this up. That in one. That one. I
1: felt so burnt out about that.
0: Okay, we gotta I gotta clear this up right now. Me and Tyler were not saying that Freddy's Dead's a good movie. Like, we both know that it's shit. We just, over the years, have accepted it for what it is, and it's, like, kind of fun for us
2: now. The more I think about it, right. the more that movie is very not good. <laughs> yeah, it's, no,
0: like, Freddy's Dead is not a good movie. I don't think I gave it much I, praise, but the I praise enjoy, I did give it. I enjoy parts of Freddy's Dead significantly more than when I was younger, when I first saw the film. And right. I, I mean, I guess yeah. I can but appreciate that. There's a, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but it's just when you say that we're praising Freddy's dead, I got to step in no, here. No, no.
1: <laughs> I, I don't mean that, but like me and Kyle, I think, felt very much the same, where we're like, man, Dream Child was actually pretty good.
2: Yeah, it did different.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and Freddy's dead just wasn't up to snuff for me. So going into this, um, you definitely can feel the, the kind of seeds of what became with Scream. I don't feel it always lands, and I, I just want to to be my regular contrarian nature. So I want to talk about that. I find the idea of Ghostface easier to swallow in terms of meta ness as opposed to Freddy, just because Freddy's got so much more. He's not rooted in your
2: everyday life idea, right? Well, he has so an establish.
0: Yeah, Freddy right. has established lore that's six films deep.
2: But I know yeah, what you're saying. I can see what you're saying, Boozy. I think I'm. Latching onto it's, this. It's yeah.
1: harder to latch on to him in terms of the real world just because he breaks those barriers of real world. Yeah. I, it just it felt very loopish that way. It, you know what I mean? Like it just it kept kind of like screwing itself over in terms of storyline, because that is a good idea, but just having Freddie be so supernatural, I find the hard undercut for a film that's trying to be really meta. I don't know, maybe that's just my take from that. I, I feel I, like like having a slasher like scream with with uh right. um that no, ghost face is is easier to to swallow for me like there's a, a lot there, of
2: sorry, there's a God. level of realism that kind of goes with scream that's like at least yeah, somewhat yeah. believable I, yeah, I i can i can follow also that. i think that's fair. I,
0: from what it's it it sounds like you still enjoyed it but you weren't totally on board but what i can say is that there's a lot of people who agree with that sentiment boozy and there's a lot of people who really don't like this movie
1: right and it it didn't i'm not saying i don't like it either yeah yeah um i i think that it was it was interesting seeing freddy like how you're saying he was a lot more menacing in this movie and almost seemed like he bulked up he reminded me kind of like jason x remember when jason (laughs) x just got like really big you're like oh this is like yeah exactly um, I Heather Langenkamp, I I think she doesn't get enough cre- credit for doing a great job as Nancy. I think this movie, especially, I liked her performance as Nancy in this.
0: She carries this movie. Yeah, she's yeah. iconic.
2: She's, she's really iconic by
0: far. She's by far the best actor in this movie, like excluding Robert England. Like her and Robert England are the 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 pulse of this film for sure. Right,
1: and I, and I find that she does a good job because she's carrying around the luggage of continuous earthquakes with shaky cameras as well as a very annoying child and i feel like his beats in terms of uh giving you scares or setting you up for them were so randomly thrown in it never felt right it always felt like it stopped the storyline when he tried to do it even though it's supposed to enhance freddy's storyline do you guys know what i mean
0: I know what you mean, I don't agree yeah. but I know what you mean. Like cuz me, Miko Hughes like his, his whole thing like the kid storyline really works for me in this film, but no, I can I, understand I how it does The storyline,
1: I just don't think it was portrayed well. It just it felt very off. You think that kid's movie. a shit
2: actor and you wish you could punch him. You hate I little mean, kids.
1: I, that that was my next note. Don't get <laughs> ahead of me here.
2: <laughs> he went on to starring Clockstoppers, so I think he did all right. Dude, he was Gage in the original Pet Cemetery but also clock stopper.
1: Well, he did a better
2: job. I
0: I don't know. I think he's Stuff, really and I good. I understand. In, I
2: think he's really good in New Nightmare. I got to be honest, I think he's terrible in this movie, but I do like I do like his uh I think the the the, the addition of the child makes it sense. It, yeah. works. it works. It works. But he's not good.
0: it's a lot of
2: um a lot of pressure to put um so much emphasis on a child character in a film like this, when it's relying on his performance so much. In my yeah. opinion, he doesn't give a good performance, and he's a child. I can't really knock him for that. It's a gamble to really do that. I Man, think they that- do
0: that so much in the horror genre specifically, and like that's yeah. a con- that's a conversation I'd almost like to have for an entire episode. <laughs> but Just I think, mean, I that think like the it doesn't know really if Jurassic kids. Park did a better job. Oh, are you fucking, duh. <laughs> of course, Jurassic Park is better than New Nightmare. No, for,
1: no, I, I said the, the kid from Jurassic yeah. Park who's in Nightmare did a right. better, like, she uh, would have done oh, so much better. no. No, way. I don't know about, no. I wouldn't go that far. No,
0: I no way. I'd have to disagree on that. But
1: You're I do you think. You're defending the Clockstoppers kid.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. M- Miko Hughes is, he's a horror icon at this point. You're like, being in Pet Cemetery and New Nightmare. I'm pretty sure he's in something else too, and he looks the exact same grown up. That's fine,
1: but I don't think he was great. In New Nightmare. He just he felt like a block every time when the story was going so well. He felt like a roadblock. It really did. He, yeah, he's I
0: mean, the he's also in Kindergarten Cop, and he plays uh, the autistic kid in Mercury Rising, that movie where Bruce Willis has to transport an autistic kid to save the world.
1: Well, what good for?
0: Him. <laughs> Watch Mercury <laughs> Rising.
1: Isn't that the fifth element?
0: <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Pretty well.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm with that, you on that though, Boozy. For the most part,
1: I, I think this is a a good idea that just kind of suffered from being I uh, I don't know, it, it suffered from being in the '90s. I felt like it, it just felt like such a weird movie. And I know I compared Freddy's Dead to kind of like a, a Halloween Resurrection. This movie feels like H2O. Like, like it's okay it's that
0: I'll, I'll go with that because it's it's back to true form. Yeah, it's we're a ba- cool idea. To it's trying
1: to take them back, but it just it doesn't perfectly encompass I guess, that. I guess.
0: Yeah, I guess I just said this is the furthest thing from back to basics, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's okay. more in
1: line with how some of the later installments were.
0: Yeah, I, I hear you, and um, basically, I love this movie, but I think this is I think this is very much it feels like Wes Craven taking Nightmare on Elm Street back. Um, yes, this is him. Totally. This is him being what well, you know. This is however many uh, nineteen. This is ten years after the original release of Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, he didn't want any sequels. He didn't want any of that shit to happen. And then he watched. He got to watch. Regardless, I we got to over the series. We've realized that all of us have had some fun with this franchise in one way or another. We do like even the lesser franchise, even the lesser installments. We can have some fun with, but Freddy. Without a doubt, took a massive hit in the scare department, and he's not scared He became not scary. And Freddy's dead. With there, there's two different ways that you can deal with uh, with your character becoming a joke. And one is Freddy's dead, where they entirely take the piss out of him, and he's become just a complete joke. And that movie's treated like, okay, we got nothing left in the tank. Let's just fucking run this thing to the ground. Let's get him. It's it's out of here. It's over with. And then you have this take with what uh, where if we could all learn a little bit of patience, Wes Craven had a really good idea still in his, still in him to, with what he came up with, with new nightmare. And I think that he actually, he, I think he killed it. I think this movie is so far ahead of its time. And that's what I think you're trying to say with boozy is that a lot of it, they weren't ready to pull off a lot of the things that they tried pulling off in the, in 94 with new nightmare. Uh, But for the, but for the most part, I think a lot of the ideas work. And I think this is one of Wes Craven's ideas in general that really works. Um it's like obviously the film suffers in some categories. Like the, the movie is filled with non-actors. Like the, the scenes with Wes Craven and the scenes with Robert Shea, like those feel very, very clunky. And but
2: what's that? I kind of disagree. I actually really enjoyed those scenes. I think I think maybe <sighs> I don't even know. Like, I think maybe they feel a bit on the nose to some extent, but they're supposed to. And I don't know. Like, like they're introducing these people as people, not these people as the actors. Like, they're sort right, of... Right, right. No, sort of they're like still a,
0: acting in the movie, and they're not doing a good job of acting.
2: I, I don't know. And I, don't, I think they give passable performances. Maybe they're not the greatest parts of the film, but I kind of find that endearing to some extent. Like, I feel like the film is sort of, like, just existing on the hinges. Like, it's really... Um, it's kind yeah, of no, it, it risky. I kind of agree
1: with that. I, I think it's it's per the course that they aren't great actors, but
2: they're also not terrible. Like they're not. They might be phoning it in to some extent, but like I don't know. I, there's worse no performances. Stoppers, kid.
0: I think they're yeah. pretty noticeably bad. I, 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 I don't know. And and the rest of the movie is like I feel like the quality of the rest of the movie is. I, you can just feel the difference in the way that this was shot compared to Freddy's dead or even yeah. the dream child or even the dream master. And you see like, this is without a doubt the mo- the highest quality we've gotten since the, since dream warriors. Absolutely. And um, yeah. And it's, it's just one of those things that are people still going to buy it after all of these years of the character being completely bastardized. And I think uh, obviously I was four years old when this came out, so I don't know how it actually, Resonated with audience from audiences from what I've read, um, the general con- general consensus was, you know, it it didn't fully land until it hit VHS, and people started discovering it later. And uh, I think it just over the years, the every year that passes by, it jumps up in my list for nightmare films, and I think that it's you can look at this as like a perfect Nancy Thompson trilogy. Like there's the original right. re- original uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, and then you have Dream Warriors, and then this. It's it's a perfect bookend for it, and I think that it's just such an ambitious concept that I think for the most part it works. Uh, like I said, there's things that don't work, but for the most part it really works. What do you guys think about uh, Freddy's makeup in this one? Because they totally are they're making him real this time. Like it's <laughs> so he has to look different than how he looked in the movies.
2: I like it. I think I'm um, actually in my mind. This is how I remember Freddy. Like when I think of Freddy, like as like a child, for some reason, like this is how I imagine. It's sort of like this, you know, almost in between point from like I guess Freddy versus Jason and like the original. Like there's sort of right. there's sort of something the in the middle. Yeah, a bit of a bridge. I, this is how I actually have always thought of Freddy, and I think it works. I don't know. I don't think it's the worst makeup at all. Yeah. No.
1: I I would agree with that in terms of. Um... I, I like to say that a lot of times he looks kind of like a raisin, so he looks yeah. like a a spooky raisin in this one, which I'll take. Mitch, I'll take you're li- I, mean, I, I don't mean this in a negative way at all. I'm not no, trying to like. It's, no, it's fine.
2: I,
0: I like that he's a spooky raisin. That's a good. Uh, that's an apt comparison. <laughs> he's a spooky California raisin.
2: I think. I think the biggest takeaway I had from this film was actually the tone. Like, I think the tone of this movie is really, really strong. It opens. It opens up in such a uh, mellow, melodramatic and kind of like hectic way, and yeah, I love I love it. the opening on the movie it's set Perfect, and it's so immediate. Like you understand exactly what this movie is trying to do in the first two minutes. It's well, perfect. they're
1: rebuilding Freddie basically yeah. in that first two minutes, and and it's a great analogy for the rest of the movie. Is you're going like, oh, okay, Absolutely. they're shifting. Yeah, they're shifting focus.
2: And I mean yes. that that whole um that whole uh, opening sequence plays a pivotal role into the film sort of unraveling as well. Like small details, big details. And the movie it does a really really good um, transition from sort of being strictly a meta narrative into basically just a nightmare sequel, like yeah. the yeah. last the last twenty thirty minutes are, I mean you could have seen that in Dream Warriors or something like that. Like that's basically a a sequel. Yeah. Um, the thing to I will say though is the, the, this, this, the CGI is definitely yeah. what holds this film back, unfortunately, and it it is one of those things that is a little disappointing only for the reason that um. I mean, Wes was su- Wes, and you know, was such a—I don't know—champion of practical special effects, especially in the first film, and throughout his career to some extent. And to kind of see them relying strictly, like, when Freddy's in the clouds, like, that's, like, when um, the kid is crossing <laughs> the street and Freddy's in the clouds, it's a very pivotal moment in the film. Like, actually, there's a lot of, like, stakes in that scene, and it's a decent scene, but the fact that there's so much reliance on bad CGI from the time, right. it really kind of brings that scene down a bit, and it, that does stick in my mind, unfortunately, and I, I, don't, I don't know, maybe they, I don't know exactly how they could have done that differently with practicals, I'm sure there's a way, but there's moments like that that do hold it back unfortunately but for the most part i I think the direction and the idea and the concept with this film at its worst is just kind of shameless but at its best it's super inventive and forward thinking like it it's really well done right yeah
1: and we've talked about that quite a few times with in terms of like the special effects and i know that's always a caveat that you can say if you make But you can also look at that as a caveat when you're trying to review movies like this. When you can say, like, you know, this is good, but unfortunately watching, you know, Freddie be in the clouds or whatever, it doesn't look good and it doesn't hold up. So, right. you know, you can look at it as a caveat both ways. And it doesn't affect the story overall, but it does affect you in a viewing aspect, especially with this being a meta where you're supposed to be very... Ingrained in touch with reality yeah. to have these kind of over the top goofy effects, it doesn't serve the purpose of what the story is.
2: I guess the only reason I even bring it up is because like the rest of the film feels very meticulous and extremely well thought out in yeah, a lot no, of ways. I totally get it. And I think um, that is it feels like an oversight to some extent. But you know, yeah, again, it is kind of a nitpick to some way. One thing I want to bring up though, um, what's with like the 90s being obsessed with temples? So many movies ended in like a temple scene for some reason, like <laughs> especially like, these nightmare movies. Yeah, like what is up with that? Like that that kind of threw me for a loop. But I uh, maybe like that was being on the nose. Like there's so many things right. where like that's this movie kind of gets away with that to some extent, where it's like some of its faults you can almost just pass off to like maybe Wes is just poking fun or taking jabs at shit like this. Like maybe he wasn't. Probably a lot of the time he wasn't, but like the movie does a good job of making me at least um you know buy into that idea, and I I'd right. actually really appreciate that because I like the one line where it says that like Freddy is like Santa Claus or King Kong, like he's that's that he's so iconic yeah. he's, and he's anonymous. so yeah like um he's such a mammoth that you can kind of just believe whatever the fuck he's gonna do at this point, and the fact that they're presenting him in such a realistic way uh you know actually works in both favors like i can believe whatever's happening on screen whatever freddy's doing but i'm still sort of terrified of his existence which the yeah. last three movies failed at doing which right. i think yeah. is really good
0: yeah they definitely did a good job of bringing it back to the scares and like the, bringing it back to like the whole temple thing i feel like that's an important thing that like like mentioning uh he's like santa claus or king kong like he freddy needed his his north pole he needed his Skull Island. He needed his place. We gotta know where Freddie hangs out in his in his downtown. That's true. That's and true. this yeah, is where downtime, he hangs exactly.
2: out. Did um, you notice when um her husband was when he was in the car dying or what about to like get into his wreck? He was humming, losing my religion. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, why are we so into REM all of a sudden? Well, REM rapid eye movement falling asleep. Yes. Ah, good hey, good poll. I never noticed that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was kind of that was kind of fun. Okay, I
1: touched on this a little bit, but you guys seem to not care about it. The fucking earthquake thing was
2: so annoying. Okay, Why is I, that annoying? I, I hate the first earthquake only for the reason that they don't try to fix the house at all. My OCD it's was LA. going wild. It's L.A.
0: They have earthquakes all the time.
2: But the house is in fucking shambles, and they don't do anything about it, and that really annoyed me. But, for the most part, the... Earthquake concept didn't actually bug me. I think it it kind of works. It kind of makes these like
0: um, our internet our internet cut out. Uh, we had some problems. This is the this is the downside of recording on Skype. Uh, but we were talking about earthquakes and what Boozy's fucking problem is with earthquakes in LA.
1: It's such a boring storyline for this, and just following Heather Langenkamp around shaking the camera just does not do it for me. I don't know, it, it just it happened too often. I felt
2: like I don't know. I kind of liked them as like these, um, these moments of you know terror about to happen. They kind of felt like either like precursors for something you know, crazy about to go on in the story, or maybe sort of like, I don't know, like what's, what's it called in, a, in like a video game, like a save point? <laughs> kind of felt like a save point that sometimes like it's also it's it's a logical explanation as to
0: what's going on all the weird weird shit that's happening it's a scapegoat for her insanity and what's happening with her and that's so i think it's a really important like element of the story granted they could have came up with something else but i think it's also a callback to that the original movie where they mentioned the whole earthquake thing
1: no and i i agree with that that which is fine you could have done that like once, but I feel like basically that kid's storyline is kind of the same idea. You could have just used that kid as the like unhinging point.
2: Yeah, oh, I guess so. That's fair, but I, mean, I still—I don't know—I I didn't have a problem with it. I guess, but it, it did feel a little repetitive at times, especially in the second act of this movie. It does kind of drag on a little bit. I found, yeah, and you know when things are being sort of repetitive, like the earthquake, kind of—I don't know—theme. I could come from it, it did work for me though, So, but I could see how other people maybe would Fair, be a little okay. bit bothered by that.
0: Yeah. I, I think one thing uh, that we should we could probably wrap up this conversation and get on to Freddie vs. Jason, uh, but before we do that, I want to talk about one thing that they really dissect and uh, di- uh, explore in New Nightmare is the idea of the effects that horror movies have on kids. Right, and I right, think That's a that's yeah. a conversation that's kind of interesting that's play that's riddled throughout this story. And I think it's an, it's interesting how uh, Wes Craven based the doctor. He named her Doctor Hefner, and apparently Hefner that's uh, he named that doctor after someone that he had to deal with from the MPAA over the years. And really, she deliver, yeah, she delivers some like lines like the you're not really le- you're not letting your kids see that watch your movies, are you? And like you know the doctors playing the whole. Thing. Like, oh, oh that's all o- that's obviously what's happening right now is your kids watching your violent movies, and that's why all this shit's happening. It's like, right. oh no, but at the same time, it's like you can only go so far with that conversation when you are working with a dream demon.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's having some fun with it. It is a good conversation to have, though. I think, um, yeah. especially in 1994, that was something that may have been more, um, it may have held more weight because I think we've had so many different (coughs) scapegoats like that, whether it's movies, music, video games, like so many different forms of media have had that same kind of conversation. And, you know, I'm of the opinion where I think anything that is kind of violent or aggressive usually actually is therapeutic and kind of releases a level of catharsis for a lot of people. Um, Yeah,
0: which is something that Wes Craven has always been very vocal about, that he feels the same way.
2: Yeah, and I think this movie... um, it does bring it up a lot. It doesn't focus on it a lot, but it's a good thing to bring up, Mitch, because it, there are definitely some like um specific moments where it feels like it's something that Wes is wanting to get across. And I think it does a good a job of kind of, you know, adding that in without, you know, um, I don't know, putting too much importance on it. Yeah. And I think for nineteen ninety four it, it might it may have hit a bit harder. I don't know, because yeah. I mean, this is what, three, four years away from like Marilyn Manson, not even <laughs> I guess like Two years, my mind is blank. I know more about. Eminem well, this is other this other is answers, six. But.
0: It's uh five five years before Columbine and everything. But that's right. I, basically what what I was trying to get at with this is that uh, I think that a lot of his ideas, like he he has so many great ideas in this film, and this is truly the return of Wes Craven because uh, he had put out some real garbage before this. Like he had put out, I believe it was <laughs> the year before, he put out Vampire in Brooklyn, which is like just absolutely atrocious. And uh, he needed to do something, or no, wait, he did Vampire in Brooklyn after this, I think, and then he did Scream. <laughs> but I think, <laughs> but I think Scream, Scream is uh, one of his like, I, I think all of the this whole meta, um, this the whole meditation that he took on this form of filmmaking, I think he he definitely succeeded at it all a lot better with Scream. But I think a lot of the groundwork was laid in New Nightmare, and I think that he still exceeded and a lot of it with New Nightmare.
2: I agree, Mitch. I think he ended up kind of doing, basically doing this movie better years later. But this movie has the benefit of existing solely in the Nightmare universe, exactly and because and of that. It, it works. Yeah. 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 There's going to be a but, lot
0: of people listening who are going to be like,
2: "New Nightmare's
0: way better than Scream." It's just like, yeah, no, that's that's fine. But that's my opinion.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't think I would agree with that. I that. No um no okay. scream is definitely but, better that being said i love new nightmare like i think this yeah, movie me too like it's it's top tier like i we will get to like my, my ranking and stuff later obviously but um this movie holds up really really well and i i think i was reading somewhere that this was really an idea that wes had for a while like he was wanting to sort of this kind of be at some point a sequel to his original uh you know nightmare film and um The fact that he he even had something like this in his back pocket for a while is a testament to the kind of man he was, kind of creative that he was. Yeah, totally agree.
0: Well, uh, I think we should, since we're covering three movies today, we're at about 28 minutes on New Nightmare. I think we should move on to Freddy vs. Jason. Do you guys have any closing thoughts? Keep in mind that these are all things, when we do the wrap-up, you can add in little things that you might have forgotten. Uh, Are you guys ready to move on?
2: I think I'm good. Let's Let's move on. (laughs)
0: Warn everyone. Welcome to my nightmare.
1: We're not safe awake or asleep.
2: Why won't you die? Freddy vs. Jason. Place your fists.
0: Okay, so this is the first time in Terror Table history that we are re-reviewing a movie. Yeah. The, ter- actually, the Terror Table has... We have done an episode on Freddy vs. Jason before. I believe it was our episode 50, which we did with our previous co-host that started the show with us, Diego. Shout out, Diego. We miss you, pal. Uh, Kyle has been sucking the hind tit ever since he left. Um
1: what? The,
0: sorry, that's the first thing came to my mind. That's the thing that Courtney's dad always says. I'm sucking the hind tit. I think that means he's falling behind. I've
1: never heard of that expression in my life. Yeah, no. I don't
0: know what's
2: going on, but I'm rolling with it. Let's that's, that's it's no, I'm,
0: I'm, I'm, I'm I'm sorry, you're doing a great job, Kyle. We love having you here. Yeah, but I'm looking forward tit. I'm looking forward to talking about this. I some some would say that our whole franchise has been leading to this. Um for those of you out there listening who aren't familiar with our uh background on this specific topic. I just want to broach this conversation by saying that I was 12 years old when Freddy versus Jason came out. Uh the perfect age that you need to be to see a movie like this. And I fucking love this movie. So get prepared for me to stroke the long dick of Freddy versus Jason for the next wow. 20 minutes. But wow. uh, I sort of know how boozy feels. Um but I know I know nothing about Kyle, but let's just let's talk about Freddy versus Jason here you guys. This is a movie that was centuries in the making. That's <laughs> It really say. was.
1: It Some really say was.
0: So centuries in the making.
1: <laughs> it was about <Star-Godzilla laughs> versus King Kong.
0: <laughs> yeah. But this is something that obviously like I, I'm holding here. I, I have Slash of the Titans. This is a book that it has. It's Slash of the Titans, the road to Freddy versus Jason, which was written by Dustin McNeil. He uh, also previously released that uh, Taking Shape, the Halloween book that Boozy yeah. and I both have. It's very it's such good. A good book. Yeah, and this, is, this book is amazing as well. And it features all 21 potential scripts that were going out for Freddy versus Jason. This movie was supposed to happen in. Was it? Fuck. Okay, so now I can offer up some context because I just finished a complete run through of the Friday the 13th franchise. Jason Goes to Hell, which is hands down my least favorite of the franchise, uh, ends off with Freddy's glove coming out of the dirt and pulling Jason's mask down to hell. And that is when we got our first taste of the idea of these, these characters colliding on screen. Yeah, and those seeds it,
1: were planted so long ago.
0: Yeah, so Jason Goes to Hell would have been, I believe it was 89, oh, 93, sorry, 93. So it, didn't, it took 10 years to come to screen. And uh, obviously tons of drafts, tons of different different directors, writers. not it
1: only nine years? Wasn't it 2002? 2003. 2003.
0: 2003, so ten years, yeah. And then we have so Robert Englund returning as Freddy Krueger. Uh, Ken Kersinger, uh played Jason, which was it was very controversial at the time that Kane Hodder was recast, even though Kane Kane Hodder had played Jason in the previous four Jason films, being Jason X, Jason Goes to Hell, Jason Takes Manhattan, and The New Blood. And uh, so he had been the person who's played Jason the most times and he obviously really wanted to return for this role but they cast a different character to play a different actor to play him uh, without him knowing and actually Ken Kersinger was in Jason Takes Manhattan he plays a bartender that Jason throws over over a bar
2: <laughs> he's just in oh, a very he's been very small role on both sides of it yep but he's also he, been in Girl or Boy Meets Girl the spin-off reboot of Boy Meets World haven't had the pleasure. Haven't had the pleasure. I love yet. that you
1: always throw in like these like family friendly yeah. roles that these people have done.
0: Yeah, but, so uh, we'll talk about the dynamic between Freddie and Jason. But we uh, this film also has Kelly Rowland of Destiny's Child fame, of course. And we have she Monica drops a hard F. Yes. Yeah. yeah we're going to talk about that whole scene. Monica Keena is uh, our lead final girl, and then we also have Jason Ritter, Chris Marquette. Brandon, F- Brandon Fletcher, and uh, one of Boozy's all-time girlfriends, Catherine Isabel from Ginger Snaps. Hell yeah! So
1: and American Mary.
0: Yeah, and American Mary. So let's just—I guess I'm going to take a breath here and let you guys talk. You—you you guys talk about Freddie versus Jason, then I'll just weigh in at the end.
2: <laughs> Boozy, do you want to go or should I go?
1: Kyle, you've been—you've been leading the charge this whole time. Keep it up.
2: All right. Um. Okay. So Freddy versus Jason is. It holds a special place in my heart to be honest because I was not twelve, but I was nine when this came out. So those three years are different, you know, like there's um there's uh something really special about seeing like a nipple in the first like three minutes of this movie. Yeah, the you know? TPM is out of control in this movie. The <laughs> and, <laughs> and so uh <laughs> And so I have a specific memory of being a child and going to a like a sleepover, birthday party kind of thing, where we watched Eight Mile and Freddy versus Jason. Oh,
0: what a good up. sleepover!
2: And so it was, uh, yeah, there was it was no sick. sleep was, in that night. No, did you guys night. did you
0: did you guys wrestle afterwards, or did you rap battle? Which movie? Yeah, was saying, had, got which got which one? Battle. Which it one? Was got definitely you guys a more. rap
2: battle. Okay, hell yeah. <laughs> um and so i mean to be honest i think that was like the the last time i had seen freddy vs jason was in like 2004 like when it was on dvd release but but beyond that there was such a chatter about this movie to be honest like on like literally on like the playground like people would always talk about freddy versus jason as like the scary movie the horror movie Right. And I, and actually I don't think at this point I knew even who Jason was or what Friday the 13th was, but I knew who Freddy was and what kind of like who Freddy Krueger was as a character, I guess. Um so the groundwork for this movie kind of you know it, it sets the stage on its own. Like this is a meeting of two very different minds. This is an iconic duel. This is what nerds and film fans and all walks of people dream about. Like Freddy Krueger versus Jason it's a it's almost a match that is too good to exist and I, I I think the film kind of shows that as well but all in all the best thing about this movie or my main takeaway is that it's it's really just a lot of fun like the premise right. is insane and you know the the movie feels kind of like a less edgy house of wax it's ridiculous but it's honestly just a lot of fun and it right. keeps in tradition. With I would say like Nightmare Five and Six to some extent, but I just think it's done a lot better here. And I think you know a lot of that ridiculous nature, um, you know, is omnipresent in the film. It's there's not the film isn't trying to take itself too seriously, like really at all. It, It works. It's it it goes off the rails, but it's at the end of the day like just something I have a hard time solely you know knocking. If anything. It doesn't like, uh, it doesn't maybe hit the same nerve that something like House of Wax does. It's almost like um, for myself personally. But that being said, I think you would have to be sort of soulless not to get some entertainment from this movie. Like, this movie is just
0: or you're you grew up with this stuff, and this is a little you hold it a, i i can yeah. totally under i can totally okay. understand that's a good i can point, understand though. growing up in the eighties with the the original characters and this being a bit of a bastardization of the characters i can totally understand <laughs> that especially since it's filled to the brim with terrible
2: c g i Okay, yeah, well here's right. my here's my take though it, it that's almost unfair from the get-go though because it like, is. how yeah. how can this how can anyone's idea of Freddy versus Jason actually be good? Like, they're so different characters and they're so different. Like, um, this is way the, better than you than it should be. Yeah. like it it's just, And it
0: works. It's way more coherent than it should be. The rules are set out. The movie opens up with Freddy very clearly explaining to the audience. Listen, up, motherfuckers. This is what's going to happen for the next hour and a half. Like, he explains I, to be to you, honest, this though this is what you're in for.
2: Uh, see, I, I actually kind of hated the opening because it felt like a clip oh, show. I love it. I hate, I hate clip shows. And so I felt that to be kind of monotonous and almost unnecessary, like almost an immediately sucked out a lot of like any suspense. But then as the film goes on, it, it becomes less about that suspense and literally just about Freddie and Jason, which is cool. There's also a ton of Canadian actors in here, which I love. A lot of these kids were in Goosebumps episodes, which is sick. And John I Ritter's don't know. John it's a, it's a film that I think is, uh, I think it's properly rated. I'm gonna put it that way. I don't think it's overrated. I don't think it's underrated. I think this movie deserves the love it gets, but it doesn't need more love. I'm gonna put it that way. I think you're, but
0: where where are you hearing this love from? Because honestly, man, I'm saying from someone who's kind of deeply embedded in the horror community for years, and like watching these conversations unravel. Freddy versus Jason always takes, it's always near the bottom of the list for people who grew up with these characters. And that's something I've just, I've never, I've never fully backed up. I've never, because this movie is so much more cohesive than half of the Nightmare movies. Like, (laughs) it works better. It works. And you, you actually, you pointed out that we're, we're dealing with the same Freddy from like, it's more of a Dream Master, the Dream Child type Freddy. But, it still just, like, works in this it environment.
2: absolutely works. And I think the biggest reason that it succeeds in that way is because in, like, 4, 5, and 6, they still try to take it seriously. Like, they still want Freddy to scare you for some reason. And they kind of do that through the, like, inventive kills, and that's why the movies are entertaining to some extent. But that's also what holds those films back so much. And in this movie, they just don't fucking care about that. And that's kind of what you need to do with a Freddy of this nature, I think. And... Yeah, it works. I don't know. I like it's not um it's weird because it does in a way I look back on those movies like 5 and 6 with like some reverence and I'm sure a lot of other fans do. A lot of people do obviously. People love those movies and it, it whether it's nostalgia or you know just uh you know specific reasons why they love it that's totally valuable and viable. But I think this movie for some reason it just it takes those elements but makes them just more streamlined. It cuts out some of the yeah. fat and it just works.
0: I don't know. I think I think the the people who were who don't like this movie and who are unhappy with it were never going to accept it to begin with.
2: Couldn't agree more. I feel like there was almost yeah. no way you could please that kind so, of expectation. Yeah.
0: So they they went the right route by just trying to just accepting it for what it is. It's a WWF style death match between two horror icons. And it's treated with a lot more yeah. respect than you would expect from this type of movie. Like it's actually, it's unbelievable how much, how much better it holds up than some of like the, the class, some like you know part Absolutely. four or five. And um, another thing I want to point out is that it was directed by Ronnie Yu, who previously before this, like in nineteen ninety eight, he directed Bride of Chucky, which is another movie that technically shouldn't have worked, which a lot of people don't like, which I also like, but that could play nostalgia for sure plays a bit of a role in my love for bride of Chucky. But I think Freddie versus Jason is just overall, like if you're, if you're a fan of both of these characters, I don't, I, it's it physically, I don't understand how you couldn't have fun with it. It doesn't make sense to me that you can't have fun watching this movie because it is so much fun.
2: I think for some people it, it it's just dead on arrival. Yeah. But I think for, but I think for others, um, you just maybe need to let that go and, and just take it for what it is, which I'm, think is a little contradictory in some extent because i'm sure people would say the same thing about five and six but hold those totally. films up a lot higher
0: that's exactly it and it's also because they they saw it at a, at a different time just like how i saw freddie versus jason at a different time like the the people who i know boozy really liked the dream child but there there's some people who white knight the dream child because they saw it in the theater or whatever and you know what the same thing happened with me with freddie versus jason except for I was like, I shared this story when uh, when we did our episode 50, but there was only one year of my, like, growing up where I dealt with, like, severe bullying. Like, I was bullied, like, really fucking hard. And um, at around that time was when I was really falling in love with horror movies. And I was, like, you know, just going back and forth to the video store. And I spent a lot of time just watching movies and watching a lot of these movies on repeat. And the one that I was looking forward to the most at that time was Freddy versus Jason. And that movie was pure escapism for me. And I will never forget the day that it was, I had such a horrible day at school. I was in grade six and my, I came home from school and my dad came home from the video store and he didn't rent me Freddie versus Jason. He bought me, the dvd wow and it, it was one of those um dad really
1: stepped up on this yeah dad, and it was
0: one of, it was one of those in info yeah. info film dvds they i don't know if yeah. you guys remember info film I so remember. it had it had tons of special features on it so that movie fuck it opened up my world like crazy and uh this movie was like it really it really boosted my love for this stuff and specifically that era and I think like it, the there's a few there's definitely this is not a perfect movie there's a lot of ways I think they could have improved one being the ending like it's a bit ambiguous <laughs> it's actually very ambiguous um but at the same time That's how 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 can movie. not only that but how how can you properly end a movie like this you you can't you can't have one of them win Cause if, like if you have one of them win, like they're, you're gonna have both franchises. Fucking, uh, we're already we're already such losers about this stuff. Look at how me and Boozy fight over Halloween movies. <laughs> like people, yeah. us nerds, we we take this stuff seriously. So I think they did a lot better of a job, minus the like odd, very strong racism and homophobia. Uh, for about three minutes of the movie. Right. That's, that's like the one scene. That, that age is far worse than any of the CGI in the movie, which also yeah. sucks. There's some really, really p- bad CGI in this movie. But Boozy, thoughts on Freddy versus Jason? I Honestly, I can't even remember what you thought of it. I, I, I can't remember what you thought of it the first time around.
1: I'm actually more excited to do a review this time, just with us having finished Nightmare, is I feel like I have a better scope on this film. Um, and I will say, they do actually a very good job in terms of setting this up and being an enjoyable film and giving you enough information for both Freddy and Jason. They kind of distill it down to the important facts and give you that with a cohesive story around it. Um, it's, there's, like, obviously, I, I love this movie, and I feel like there probably is quite a bit of a bias for all the people, like, including us, who grew up, like... Kids who were born in like the late 80s to mid 90s, we all kind of yeah. grew up in that specific age when that movie came out. And it was like, I consider this movie to be like the sleepover special. Yeah, I don't totally. know like, how many totally. times I watched this with my friends when we were kids. Cause even if my friends weren't particularly into horror movies, it's this one always felt like you could get people behind it to watch it.
0: Totally. Cause you're, you're, not, you're not only watching them kill teenagers, you're watching them try to kill each other. Exactly. And it make, makes it so much more entertaining.
1: And, and like, I, I found... Uh, I like for the kids. start of this movie. Um, oh, yeah.
0: It's awesome. The,
1: the start of this movie reminds me of every classic slasher. Like, it, it sets you into that, like, Crystal Lake Jason lore right away and does it in the best way possible. It gives you no explanation for why anybody's anywhere. It's just instant nudity and kills.
0: I have one strong beef that I want to point out. <laughs> Cause I wanna get your guys' take on it. I'm sorry to cut in here, but I think I need to know what you guys think of this. Jason having a weakness for water.
1: I I I'm I'm okay with it, honestly. It it's he kinda, fucking
0: it's swims a, to Manhattan. It's a good <laughs> it's, foil. <laughs> he's I don't know. The guy is it's in water half Shyamalan. the fucking franchise. It's kind of Shyamalan shit, you know? Dude. The Fred, Jason's jumping out of water constantly
2: throughout Friday the Thirteenth. There's eleven movies that show you that Jason's okay with water. See, I didn't really know that to be honest, and um, that's too bad. But at the same time, I, I get don't it. Care
0: because uh, what I think they were trying to do is like they were retconning certain things. They were trying. Yes. They were like they were picking and choosing what they were going to keep and not keep, which is fine. I'm not going to be too picky with uh, a Freddy vs. Jason movie. But like it would kind of make sense if, because you know, he was a kid who was drowned at Camp Crystal Lake, so that I can understand him not liking water. But other than that, it's like, what? What the fuck are we talking about? Why? It's kind of like the M Night Shyamalan you mentioned. Like, why? Why would these aliens come to a planet that's eighty percent water? <laughs> if the, well, even though I love that movie, but
2: I get, I don't know, it that is pretty fucking dumb. Fuck, I get I'm a walking contradiction, but I do like. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. I, I kind of like how they take from a few different, like Freddy, um, uh, I don't even know, like different aspects from other nightmare films. Like we have possession in this film, which yep. we haven't seen they, since they number two. They
1: drop so many things that happen throughout the series with Freddy. Oh, well, you, like Easter they have eggs. their, yeah, they yeah. have their version of like the Freddy worm in this. Um, yep. the, the pinball, <laughs> yeah, <they> <laughs> you, you have the Freddy pinball from, uh, yeah. I believe it's dead. Freddy's dead. Yeah. 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 Um, so which is which is cool, because, like, that's what I meant with us having watched the whole series and then watching this. I'm going, like, picking all that stuff up that I'd never picked up before. Like, oh, hey, that's that and that's that, which is awesome. Um, Catherine Isabel seems really miscast in this. I don't know why. she Like, the character she's supposed to be playing doesn't make sense to me with how her character is in a lot of her other movies. Well, maybe she- Maybe I'm just standing for her a lot.
2: Well, we, you're one
0: hundred percent standing for her.
2: <laughs> These um, writers did, of course, write Baywatch, so right. keep that in mind.
0: I also hey, want
2: to
1: say that that uh, you know Kelly Rowland needs to stick to being a background dancer in Destiny's Child.
0: Well, she needs to Whoa. not even stick to that. She needs to not even stick to that. Fuck Kelly Rowland. Let's just say that like <laughs> she sucks in this movie, and she's uh, just so like yeah, she delivers the worst line in the whole movie. Absolutely. Like that, that That's is cr- the one scene that it's just like, oh, damn, it's so it's such a shame. But, you know, I'm not I'm not one of those people that would, uh, you know, write off a movie because something's politically incorrect or whatever, because but at the same time, it's like, man, was that ever unnecessary, though? Like, <laughs>
1: it was a hard F. She dropped yeah. a hard F
0: yeah and um, same yeah, with no, I mean, if robert's not like freddy's line isn't fucking good either like the mm, mm, dark meat like that's terrible oh,
1: yeah well he <sighs> when he starts spouting one-liners at the end it it reminded me of all the worst parts of freddy because he yeah, ha- okay. there were
2: some really good Wait.
1: parts of him in this and there was some not good stuff of that i yeah i
2: actually i wrote down a series of um quotes maybe i'll just read them out and i want to get your guys's take on some of these right do it okay don't be a total cocksmith.
1: <laughs> what does that even mean?
2: No idea. Okay, go show him your feng shui. Okay, I'll
1: take that one. Yeah.
2: <laughs> How many times do I have to tell you? I'm a Uno guy. <laughs> I've been saying That's that for years That's a Tinder bio. Guys. That's
1: a Tinder bio right there.
2: <laughs> that a girl? Let your freak flag fly.
1: Yeah, I remember that one. That's oh, here we later. go.
2: This, this one. This one might be my favorite. This Everclear is kicking my ass. Oh, man, that whole scene. (laughs) That whole scene is amazing. Um, The body count in this movie is nuts. Okay, then this one actually is a really interesting line that I like. I can't remember who even says it. It might be Freeberg. He says, anything is possible. Anything is possible now. God, you just don't get it. That is a perfect way to describe the entire franchise, which is a really, really solid line. Like, just throw out any expectations of logic or dream logic, like anything is possible, just roll with it. It's and I very think true. that this movie has that kind of mentality, like, thriving in its existence, and it just knows that from the get go. And I think that's the backbone of why this shit works for me. Also, huge shout out to um, my boy, the one, Shoot the young Jason Ritter, who is the voice of. Um, what is it? What's his name in Gravity Falls? He does a great job in Gravity Falls. Huge fan of the show. <laughs>
0: That's he, all I have to um, say. He's also in. Uh, er, he's John Ritter's son. Famous oh, right. John Ritter. Oh, John, Ritt- John Ritter of uh, Problem Child too.
1: Yes. Uh, <laughs> Mitch, I was going to ask since you had read through that book, in terms of what we got on screen versus some well, of the other ideas, was, was was this the best idea?
0: By far. By okay, far.
1: Okay. Like oh, you
0: guys you, guys you guys don't understand the fucking cocaine that was floating around in the eighties. Like it's unbelievable. There there are scripts like, in this. Is it like
1: Mary Kate Ashley levels of cocaine?
0: Way wow. worse. Man, like they, there there's in one of the in one of these scripts, there's like a it's it's a WWF style like ring match in hell. And the oh. the, the the referee is uh oh my god, what's, uh, fucking, ah, what's his name? The goddamn Zach Efron. Uh, Ted, Ted Bundy? Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy is the is the ringleader, oh. and, like, John Wayne Gacy's in the audience. No way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're fighting in hell, and they're wrestling and jumping off the ropes and shit. And then there's ones where, like, Freddie uh, has his, like, his Freddie mobile and shit, and it's, like, got <laughs> big claws coming out of it. Like, man, they're, they're these scripts would have never worked. But the one that could have worked is the one that we got a graphic novel for, uh, which was Freddy versus Jason versus Ash, which right. was going to be the next installment, which I'm so upset that we never got it because I really would have loved to see Ash Williams in this, in this environment. And I think that would have just made it... It, that's like, it would have totally worked for me. I would have had so much fun seeing that character on, on the same screen as Freddy Krueger and Jason. Oh, man, I'm, I'm totally down for all that shit. Uh, so yeah, I I just I love this movie. I think it's absolutely bonkers. But like, yeah, the I would say the problem main problems with it is like the CGI is very distracting. But that is kind of what we came. This is this is what happened in the early two thousands is we had to deal with so much garbage CGI. Um, but there is a few scenes of like really good practical effects, but they're so ba- badly overshadowed shadowed by the amount of CGI in this movie. But other than that, I don't know. Besides that scene with uh Kelly Rowland and and uh, Freddie, I think this movie's just a such a blast.
1: It, yeah, the story progresses so well and you have fun the whole time through. Do, speaking of like we were talking about it wasn't Kane Hodder's Jason. I actually liked this rendition of Jason. I thought it was pretty good.
0: Yeah, I'm not I'm I that's one that I definitely I don't love this Jason design as much. Like he's fine, but uh I don't know. I'm I'm not like I'm not like Kane Hodder, Mark, that everyone else seems to be like uh, where they accept Kane or nothing. Uh, right. So truth be told, my two favorite Friday movies don't have Kane in them. Uh, but I do think that his like he definitely looks the best like for Jason looks the best in the new blood. Like when he, he just looks so goopy and slimy and gross. And <laughs> I, I would have loved to I would have loved to see that that Jason take on Freddy. Right. But I'm I'm not going to complain too much because this movie is still so much fun. We haven't
1: even mentioned the best part of this movie, which is the fucking soundtrack. This this it, soundtrack like raised
0: right.
2: me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. this soundtrack is sick.
0: <laughs> I have it pulled up here actually because yeah, this was this was definitely a big soundtrack for a lot of people around our age. So we have how can I live? Il, we, okay, I'll just do all the the band names. We got El Nino kicking this thing off, of course, and we got. Kill Switch Engage, When Darkness Hell Falls, yeah. which was like my favorite song. song. When I, yeah, when I was like 12 years old, I was obsessed with that song. I still love that song. Uh, and you got Spine Shank, Mushroom Head, Hate Breed, Slipknot's 97 demo of Snap. You got Chimera, From Autumn to Ashes, who was like a Screamo oh, emo I band I was guys. obsessed yeah. with. Yeah. Great Seven band. Dust. I
2: love Seven Dust.
0: Dust. Power Man 5000, Murder Dolls. Boozy's favorite band of all time, Seether. Hell yeah. Uh, Stone Sour, Devil Driver, Sepultura, and Mike Patton, uh, The Blank Theory, Nothing Face, In Flames, Lamb of God, Typo Negative. What? <laughs> what a bizarre yeah. soundtrack!
1: Also, they put like the sickest Lamb of God song at the end of that. But like, I yeah. still have all of these songs on my like shuffle. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like this yeah. this album is is so fun and it it's weird that we don't see this kind of this is a very early 2000s thing we don't see anymore is like kind of like heavy metally rock album metal for, the movie. Yeah but but like it, it's you don't see kids mo- like teen movies cuz that's what this was, right? It was marketed as kind of that like, you know, teen movie to go watch. And it's it's just we don't get that kind of those soundtracks anymore to go with those kind of movies. It, it it's very like a a capsule of its time.
2: Totally. And yeah, this is totally in line with like House of Wax type soundtrack. Like, yeah, you know, it's from that same era, and it definitely holds up. I you mean, just the movie really opens love up- House of Wax. I do actually, and the movie opens up literally with saying that New Line Cinema is an AOL Time Warner company. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's
0: because that's the other thing is these are both owned by like uh, Jason's owned by Paramount and right. Fre- Freddie's joined owned by uh, by New Line. So like the, the licensing behind this movie was it had to have just been an absolute <sighs> yeah. nightmare right. a nightmare to lock down. But OK, uh, that's ev- I think that's everything for Freddie vs Jason. You guys ready to close this
2: thing up with the remake? Last thing I want to say is that I just love the rave scene. Peace, love, unity and respect for everyone. <laughs> um, I also think a bad name called Death at a Rave would be sick.
0: Okay. There you go. That's you heard it here first,
2: folks. Yep, thank you. Heard it here you first. Kyle. <laughs> oh, also the ending is perfect. I kind of love the ending of this film. Okay, well There's we actually no other way we need, to end it,
0: honestly. Yeah, we need to talk about that. I almost stopped the recording, yeah. but so I, I yeah, think, that's that's what I was meaning by there
2: you can't have one
0: of them win. You no.
2: can't. And I also think even just having um you know having what's the main character's name what's her name i ever written down here somewhere lori having lori kill freddy the way she does with that with the one Welcome liner to she my gives my world bitch great perfect one liner uh and then yeah jason coming out of the water which apparently he isn't not immune to but whatever and then <laughs> i thought he was hold, scared of water the whole movie and he's walking we'll look, out of it slow we'll look motion Look past it <laughs> it's 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 just something like it's, you know, it, it, there's something special about it. I love it. It's a Mamma Mia. Yeah. It is. Uh,
1: I have two quick things before we move on that I forgot to mention at the start. Uh, Monica Keene, from every angle but the front, looks like Brittany Murphy. There was multiple times in this movie where I was like, oh, that's <laughs> Britney Murphy. But it's only from a side profile.
2: Right. Um,
1: and also, Lachlan Monroe's character was basically just their version of Dewey. Yeah, yeah like He felt yeah. like such a Dewey character and she I totally I don't was. know. He had the frosted tips and, like, he was just rocking it, this movie. Oh, I, I loved also, his death, too.
2: I also like Chris Marquette, who plays Charlie. Yeah. He, he or Linderman, I guess. He was in everything back then. Fanboys. Like, fanboys, alpha dogs, just door. friends, the girl next door. He was also in oh, a Saskatchewan film called Choke Just Slam. Friends.
0: And Just Friends.
2: Yeah. And Just, just friends, friends
0: was filmed in Saskatchewan, that Ryan Reynolds movie. That's.
2: Correct. These are hits. Yeah. These are hits we're talking yeah. about. This was funded by
0: Creative Saskatchewan. Thanks, Creative Sask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you. La- last thing I'll say about that ending, though, is uh, I've been saying, like, you know, that's what, what Boozy was saying. Uh, this was playground talk back in the day where you would be like, who would actually win, Freddie or Jason? And on our Instagram poll, uh, Jason won by a landslide. Or no, sorry, Freddie won by a landslide. And I have always thought that as well. Uh, But what's been interesting after revisiting both of these franchises so fresh is I've always so strongly felt that there is no way Jason could take Freddy. There's no way it could ever happen. But after watching these again, you know, it's actually a pretty fair fight because Freddy gets his ass kicked by these kids half the time. And Jason can't fucking die. Like Jason's only just powerful
1: in certain things like when he's yeah. inside his Thunderdome, yeah, he's really strong but yeah. outside of that, he, yeah, he kind of gets his ass kicked by everyone because he's just it's a kindly dude.
0: It's a lot more of a fair fight than I've ever given it credit for because yeah, like Jason will not die and Freddy is, you are capable of beating Freddy.
2: Right, that's a fact It's been done right, many boys. times
0: Yeah <laughs> fucking eight times to be exact Uh, All right, let's get on to the last film of this franchise, uh, debatably, the remake.
1: Kruger! Come on out, you sick bastard! You open this door, Kruger! What are you doing?
0: having these dreams and there's this man and he's burnt. Have reached the final, final conversation on a Nightmare on Elm Street from 2010, the remake that was made by Samuel Bayer and written by Wesley Strick and Eric Heisserer. Uh, the yeah, film thanks, stars. Guys.
1: Thanks. Yeah.
0: The film stars Jackie Earl Haley playing Freddy Krueger. So this is the second time he's played a pedophile on screen. Uh, he was also in Little Children. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, it's true. And and then we got Rooney Mara uh, playing Nancy, and then we got Star Kyle Golner.
2: Legends Bloody Mary.
0: Is she in Bloody Mary? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that. I haven't seen that one. Kyle in Star- a
2: ghost story. Kyle Goldner,
0: <laughs> who's the kid who played an emo kid in every single movie of the early, early to late two thousands. Um, yeah, he and he's always looking like he's gonna cry.
2: He's in West uh, Craven's Red Eye.
0: Yes, and then we have potentially one of my least favorite actresses on the face of the earth, which is Katie Cassidy. I yeah. cannot stand her. She's, she's not. in Hot. Yeah, she's in When a Stranger Calls, Click, Arrow, and this Nightmare on Elm Street remake.
2: So 2006 Black Christmas.
0: Yeah, and then we have Clancy Brown uh, who's from Pet Cemetery 2. It's great. And then, not only do we... Okay, so we have Connie Britton. Connie Britton plays Nancy's mom, and she's also
2: America's mom in First Friday Story. Night Lights. Yeah, exactly. She plays oh, man, America... I love, I love how Friday Night Lights comes on the show, like, every fucking episode, so about. Yeah. yeah, she is America's mom. Uh, yeah, and I
0: guess that we can just start talking about this now. Uh, yeah, I don't know. what well, uh, you guys, you guys have both seen this one before, correct?
2: Yep. See, I thought I'd seen this, and I know I definitely watched it at a friend's house when it came out, but I had no like my, my memory of what this you one was. You erased it. I definitely <laughs> erased it. Like watching this, it may have, it might as well have been a first time viewing it, honestly. Yeah. And boy, oh boy, was it not good. <laughs> I was let me was, tell you <laughs> I was so so excited
0: for this movie when it was announced uh because I was stupid oh, um, I can
1: only imagine like young Mitch's desire to see this movie.
0: Well, yeah, it was, you know, there was a whole lot. uh, There was a lot of it that I really liked hearing about. Like, so obviously I, I liked the cast. I was a huge fan of Jackie Earl Haley being cast as Freddy Krueger. I think like if they were going to recast Robert England, that was the choice to make. Like he, he would be the guy for the job. Um, and he
1: was still like pretty hot at that point because this was around the Watchmen, was it not? Yeah, he yeah. played
0: Rorschach in the Watchmen, and then yeah, Little Children. He's t- he's mm-hmm. very creepy and uh, he's very good. He's always been a very strong actor, so I just thought you know what, give him a shot. And like, you'd tr- I just wanted to be positive about this because I thought that there might be a chance that it'd be good. Also, the fact that it was being directed by Samuel Bear, who at the time hadn't directed any features, but he has directed some of the most famous music videos of all time. Let Like, let's just yeah. say he directed Smells Like Teen Spirit by like Nirvana's music video. Insane. Um,
2: and Lola he's with been Butterfly do- Wings?
0: Papa Roach. Yeah. Papa oh. Roach? He did a bunch of... Uh, who's the one that Boozy really liked? Sheryl Crow? I yes. think uh, Hell yeah. he did, yeah, he did a couple. couple- Sheryl
2: Crow. Welcome to the Black Parade?
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, he, so he, he had done...
2: He's talented. By, by yeah. all means, he's talented.
0: He also didn't want to do this movie at all, apparently. <laughs> so... Wow. Uh, that you could uh, it really feel. shines
1: through it <laughs> definitely shows.
0: <laughs> so yeah, basically I was excited for this movie and I, uh, yeah, I, 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 I hate this movie so much. How you guys much did know? it
1: crush you? Like how much did it crush you when you saw it?
0: I have said like, and I know a lot of people think that I'm, I think people think that I'm exaggerating here, but I, I have always thought that this is my least favorite remake. Like I, I really, really didn't like it. And I get that there might be worse remakes out there. Like CC the fog, like, the, there's there's some really bad remakes out there, uh, but this one it just the worst offense for me is that it felt so incredibly soulless. There is yeah. no heart. There's absolutely yeah, no heart in true. this movie. It felt like it was a carbon copy of the original, but done without all of the heart. Um, they took all of the really cool. Like they they took all of the. It's like they learned a lesson from the original, or they didn't learn a single thing from the original. Is what I'm trying to say. And they they recreate all these incredible scenes in 2010 but with cgi and it looks horrible like these scenes look terrible the scene of freddy coming out of the wall is embarrassing it's disgusting like that's as bad as it gets like when people are defending this movie i'm like how how can you defend a movie that has that when in 1984 like what fucking 25 years later 26 years earlier it was oh god it's just so bad it looks
1: like test footage that they just never got around to touching up
0: yeah it's so awful and um there there are moments that aren't terrible like i will say even like the opening the throat cutting there's a couple good throat cuts in this that's
2: it like everything else is so bad yeah i i think like every time in this film when maybe like something interesting was happening and i thought oh like that's kind of cool it would immediately follow up with something that (laughs) <laughs> I hated about this fucking movie. Like right. the hallway of blood near the end? At first oh. so I was like, "Oh, that's like kind of sick." But then it turns into this weird like CGI like liquid fake blood that comes through and it's like, "Oh, no." Oh, my-
0: so it's because that's the laziest take on they, they were just recreating that scene of yeah. Nancy running up the stairs and it's like instead of just, you know, putting in the work to, to you know, have her step up the stairs. If you're going to rip off the scene, rip off the fucking scene. The, instead, Absolutely. they just got lazy and filled it with blood. And it's just like, okay, now trip.
2: I mean, right. I guess... I'll have to probably agree with you on this, Mitch, talking about this being the worst remake. I mean, I haven't seen every horror remake ever made, obviously, so I can't say if this is the worst one, personally. But I will say that I think this is why people hate remakes. This is the yeah. kind of movie why. Like, this that basically totally. checks off all the boxes on why or how to make a bad remake. Like, to be honest, like, you need this to bring something... This is what something- people don't want. Absolutely. It. Exactly what it I is. think this-
1: it's also the scope of the series. Like, this is Nightmare on Elm Street. It's not... Uh, you know, like like Pumpkinhead. You know, no, nothing against Pumpkinhead, but
2: it, it's right. different yeah, level. I see what you mean.
0: Like <laughs> I if think you're going the, to the do fog. The fog's a good example. The fog is a movie I I do really like. John Carpenter's The Fog, but that movie doesn't have the 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 following that a the Nightmare Elm Street yeah, does. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: If you're going so, to do a Nightmare remake, you have to bring. You have to bring something new to the table and yeah. not only for the reason that it's held with such weight and um, reverence, but also because the concept alone is so elastic. There's so many things you can stretch and create yeah, within this concept that, you know, it, it's really just lazy. Like that's, that's yeah, it's so it's, lazy. I agree that it's soulless, but I think it, it's biggest defense is that it's, it's bland and lazy. Like it doesn't bring anything new to the table. And I think, right. The best thing about this movie is, I think it actually looks kind of good. Like the CGI aside, it's shot pretty well. Shot on thirty-five yeah. millimeter, by the way, which is interesting. And it, it, I mean, there's, there, there's, it's lit well. It's in focus. But yeah, like it's, that.
0: It's okay, so it's technically it, it, it's technically well made. You, you, there's tons of technically well made movies but, out there but, that are boring. Let this is
2: boring. Let me finish. That that's all that this film has going for it. Shot movie going for because nightmare movies which are far better look and feel far worse so totally yeah it's not even baseline this is bottom of the barrel this is this is we have to thank sorority row for films like this as far as i'm concerned like i think this this, is worse than sorority row i'll I'll go with that i'll go i I think it's worse than sorority row as well but i'm don't think we would have had something of this low quality without something from that era. Because right. this is what I feel people explain when they say, like, you know, bad horror from the two thousands and late two thousands. This is the prime example of something like that. Obviously, yeah. there was great horror films coming out during that era. Not as many though, I mean, in in hindsight, maybe not as many as even right now. I don't know. That's a whole other discussion. No,
1: it, it was kind of a dead period. And you know, no, yeah. you can be honest about that. And that, that was, um, I think this
2: is kind darkest of the, the precipice this is the precipice of all of that. Like, this is where you get the worst example and the worst offenders because this is a Friday the third, or sorry, this is a neighbor on Elm street remake. This is, this should at least be watchable, but it's not. And it's really, yeah. really disappointing. And
0: yeah, no, it, I- it also it came from. Sorry to cut you off here, Boozy, Just quick, quickly though, this came from Platinum Dunes, who also made like uh, the Friday the Thirteenth remake and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. Both move, both are remakes that I like. I like both of those remakes. For uh, obviously, I don't love the Friday the Thirteenth remake, but I do really. There's parts of it that I really enjoy. Um, but this one, it's it's. Uh, what the fuck was I even getting at? Jesus Christ, my mind just went blank. This always happens to me. I've been smoking too much weed in this quarantine. <laughs> oh, that's what I'm getting at. Uh, like, as far as re- as far as remakes go, like I even like Rob Zombie's Halloweens more than this because at least Rob Zombie brought himself to it. At least he changed. Yeah. At least he tried something new. And this wasn't. It was just a. It was a really bad imitation.
1: Right. Yeah. I, I think going with that though, you could say is. It probably would have been more interesting a movie and concept, even if they didn't change the wheel. If they literally like remade one, and I know you guys want like something that's new what they or did. whatever, but it, it but it, they didn't do a good job. If you're going to do the same thing again, do it well at least. I, I think that's a big thing because I want, like, I wanted to make this conversation yeah. interesting when we started. This is like, you know, obviously none of us like this movie, and we want to try and say certain things about it, not just go it's junk because it really is and like I, my first note on this is like this movie should be locked in a vault i yeah. i can't believe i've seen this twice
0: the disney vault like, dude this is yeah. my for, this is my fourth time and i'm never doing it again
1: yeah no and that, this is the thing is i i rarely i say can explain like, why i saw four times this again yeah. but it's I, just it uh, i i guess i guess the point i'm getting at is like you know look at you mentioned the texas chainsaw remake that didn't do too much different from the original Chainsaw, but that was a really well-done movie, and it's because it, it, right. had the, it had the kills, it had the, the decent acting, whereas, and you know, you could even go as far as saying with like, how we say Sorority Row is better than this. Sorority Row at least had some like kind of interesting kills, whereas this movie has more options because of what Freddy is as a character, and it yeah. uses none of it.
0: Yeah, and this one, it re- all the most interesting, quote unquote, interesting parts of this movie are recreations of the original, but right. done yeah. very badly, very Absolutely. badly. So it's one of those things where this is going to be this movie should be like almost taught in film schools of being like, see, this is what people thought would look better, tw- like twenty six years later. And, you know, if they would have... It, it felt like it, it felt like they just shot the world's most boring movie, and then were like, okay, hey, now let's just add a whole bunch of stuff in post.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it, it's, it's very shiny. It's very, like... It, it is a, a visually pleasing movie. I'll agree with that.
2: I think it's too bad because there's just no visual style. Like, even though the movie is, like, competent in technical aspects, there's no, yeah. like, visual style or creator's or how do I put this? I don't want to put all the blame on the director, but I feel like there was no directorial vision for this. Like there was, even with the remake, you have you still have to have something you want to tell or something that you want yeah, to get across. Yeah, put a little bit and of this, yourself into it. Absolutely. And there's nothing of that. Like the kills are not interesting. Visual style is boring. The script is stunted. And Freddy has little to no personality beyond his red and yeah. green sweater. And that's one of the yeah. biggest problems. Yeah, I can't even move his face. Fa- <laughs> I think the Oh he, he also looks like a this fucking stupid ninja turtle.
0: fucking muskrat. Yeah. He yeah, looks like
1: a Michael this is Bay. the worst version of Freddy. I don't know he how looks they
2: like thought it was the I it's embarrassing. Up, I had to bring up a photo cuz he looks exactly like a Michael Bay Ninja Turtle and this was produced by Michael Bay. It just oh. this was concept art. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, pull it up. Um, but that yeah, like it just
0: look I I think he looks terrible and he can't emote he can't emote with his mouth because the mask has it so his his face is so tight but then anytime he talks the speakers rattle because they clearly recorded him in post as well and it just feels so out of place and stupid
1: yeah i, don't, I think that's a, a problem with freddy is when you look at you know you you can always have the argument look at like michael or jace and they have that mask to rely on that you can have somebody different under underneath that there's been so many yeah. different incarnations whereas like I think Nightmare on Elm Street is kind of a series that unless someone can pick it up in the future and run with it the way that um, the original uh, is done, I don't think anybody else can do this the way that Robert Englund can. No. And I think this I is a huge yeah. proof of
0: it. Yeah, I haven't really seen an example of that yeah it'll it'll never be replicated i do i do have hope that there is someone out there who can bring something new to the table like that you can't ever say never when it comes to something like that hopefully there's someone in there who I, has I something i think
1: it, it just needs to be really special i don't like i think it's yeah. something that very few people can touch on
0: clearly samuel bear like didn't feel passionate about this project yeah. which he was clearly hired because he was a cheap and like they could hire him for cheap because he hadn't done a feature before, but they knew that he could film because look at all the incredible music videos he did. yeah. And also uh, look at all the incredible directors who got their starts in music videos and then went into making horror movies like this is a method that has been proven before doesn't mean it's always going to work. But this the, is,
2: is Alien 3.
0: Yeah, that's the yeah, thing though, yeah, is like exactly. but the different <laughs> the difference is like Samuel Bear hasn't tried making another yeah. feature sense. Like he, he doesn't I don't think he cares. I don't and I, and I that's agree. nothing bad. Yeah. I don't and I'm not even talking poorly of him. Like I think like I feel bad for him that he was put in this situation where yeah. he like you know it's kind of a battle that he didn't have a chance at winning. And well, how, who who are we to say don't accept don't accept the the gig of being the one to remake a Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, of yeah, course you're go, gonna go take that job. get your honey. Like, 100%. it's not only that, but like it, it, it could have turned out well. It could have, like, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Not with that I cast, don't... though. Not with
2: that cast.
0: Well, Rooney Mara, good. Mara is good, and she's probably uh, the best part
2: of the movie. I would yeah, say, je- if but I had she's
0: you. not even that. She's not even that special. Like, we we didn't know how good. Like, she's
2: become a very good actress. Like, well, Rooney Mara I mean, Came is out great. the same year that Social Network did, so she was clearly it's working true. Yeah. in in the same. Like
1: okay this is all a blur to me but was not, was Lynn Shea not in this? No.
2: No. Which
1: no. which one was Lynn Shea in? Was she in The
2: original
0: um, The original. She's the teacher think, in the original.
1: Yeah. Would I thought she reprised her roles in one of these. Maybe I'm I'm just thinking of something off else. the top
0: of my head the only one I can think of is the original. I'm trying to remember. Was she in New Nightmare?
1: Yeah, wasn't she not in New Nightmare? Oh yeah 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 a, yeah, yeah
0: she was. Nightmare. Yeah, everyone was in
2: New Nightmare like yeah. That John I out. I think the biggest thing with this is really just the storytelling. I mean you're trying to, you're retelling a remake or you're retelling a film that already exists, a story that already exists. That already you, holds up well. That already holds up well, but you're telling the story mostly through like this one particular scene where what is it, Quentin, when he like has falls asleep in a pool, apparently. Yeah. And um
1: As one does.
2: As one does. And he basically sees the entire storyline of Freddy. From that point on, any potential suspense or mystery we could have about Freddy is completely wiped away because we see it all in a flashback, basically, more or less. Right. And from that point on, the film ha- has no steam to work on. And it's really too bad because it, I wanted to like this movie. I actually really did. Like, I thought maybe I could find some redeeming elements. I was hoping
1: um, to find one thing I could like about
2: it Absolutely. And, and it, it just... It doesn't work from that point on, unfortunately. It and fights I think you it,
1: the whole way. <laughs>
2: it, it really. It that's exactly it. It does fight you. And I, you know, I'm the kind of person where I try to see the best in a film if I can. You know, the best thing about this is just knowing that <laughs> my boy Jackie Earl Grey was an Alita Battle Angel, and I Jackie, Jackie Earl Haley. <laughs> Haley, sorry. I just want to watch ba- Alita Battle Angel again. So. And you
1: want some Earl Grey tea? That's obviously and Earl Grey tea. Um,
0: I don't know, man. The, I do have one positive to say about this whole movie. Like one one thing that could it could have worked, but it didn't, and that's I did I did admire the the swing at you know taking a swing at Freddie's backstory. I know that's not something that I care about all the time, but I think that it was actually kind of interesting how they they looked into his past, and you see the scene of all the parents <laughs> attacking him. I I yeah. like that scene for what it is, but what I like most about it is that you spend about 20, 25 minutes of the movie where Rooney Mara and that fucking emo kid are crying or they, they are questioning Freddie's innocence. I think that's a cool angle to, to no, explore. I'll, go, I'll totally go with you on that one. That, yeah. But then it doesn't work. The, no, the rest it of it just work. doesn't work. But that, but I think that that's actually kind of a cool angle to explore that just didn't pay off.
2: Oh, also right. actually, um, I guess using the adrenaline shot to wake her up was kind of cool. That's something that could have yeah. been in another nightmare film. I guess. Right. But, also, but that's
1: not something you can build a, a story no. around, unfortunately. That's
2: kind of just like a I'm, I'm grasping at straws right now, Boozy. I'm Guys, find one thing.
0: I'm I'm actually fucking my teeth were grinding just the moment I thought about this. This is my last and final thought on this fucking piece of shit. Um, I cannot stand internet searches for as exposition.
2: Oh my god. Fuck <laughs> me. Does that piss just me bad. off? That it's called Giga Blast, and then you have to <laughs> blast off. This is yeah. 2010. Just use Google or make up yeah. a better thing. Like, you know
1: what, Kyle? Giga Blast off. Seriously.
2: Yeah, it's <laughs> time for you to giga fuck off, my friend. <laughs> like this doesn't make any sense. Like Giga Blast on a Mac? I don't understand. Use, <laughs> use
1: Ash Jeeves. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Honestly,
2: I would have been way more into that.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely think he should have asked Jeez.
1: Also, yeah, the that, start of that movie, the, the big dude, was he from Twilight? The Yes, yeah, sent, he was. I sent Mitch a video of it where it's just him and the other girl saying dreams. They're like, dreams are scary. No, dreams aren't scary. Dreams are dreams. And I, just, I sent that scene to Mitch. He's like, what the fuck am I watching?
0: Yeah, and that's the intro. That's only the intro. That's even when I, I, remember, I remember watching that, like, Going the the okay the other experience I can compare this to and I know I'm gonna lose my horror right here, Um, but I was very excited for another movie that came out around this time and that was Green Lantern with Ryan Reynolds. Uh oh, I was because uh, the thing year, is 2010. I, I, oh. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm I'm a Green Lantern fan. Like I I love DC comics, so I was excited for that movie. Because I was hopeful. And I went to that movie with my green I had a Green Lantern shirt and I remember leaving that movie like and I bought tickets for you, eight you of my friends.
1: Shirtless. <laughs> no, dude, I, I
0: I had a zip up and I zipped my shirt up and I walked out sheepishly. Um but I had like eight friends with me for that one. Now, luckily I only saw Nightmare on Elm Street the Nightmare remake with my ex-girlfriend. So luckily only us left hating it. Um yeah. but like I remember watching the opening, the like the first 10 minutes of that movie, and I was like, oh no. Oh, no, 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 no. And I just knew we were, in, we were not in a good place.
2: Right. I also, I guess we this, might be my final, final. this might be my final thought. I think out of all the Nightmare films to rip the final kill off, why would you rip oh. off Freddy vs. Jason? <laughs> like, that makes yeah. no sense. Wait, wait, which one are you talking about? Like, the way she kills him off, she literally oh, right. says yeah. the exact same thing. Welcome to my nightmare, bitch. Yeah, it's the exact same kill as Freddy vs. Jason. That's because it was
1: written by monkeys with typewriters.
2: The weird thing about that, I looked into the writer. One of the writers, actually, Eric Heisener, I can't pronounce his name correctly. He's written amazing things Final Destination 5, Arrival, Bird Box, Bloodshot. He's a competent writer. Wow, good for him. Bloodshot? Well, I heard Bloodshot and Bird Box in there. Sorry. (laughs) But, you know, like. Those are both turds. But those are both better than this. Like, he. Yeah, I agree. Also yeah, wrote Everyone knows what Bird box is Come on. Yeah. Like, so the man no, is competent. I, I don't know. Yeah. I guess that's another thing is just this film had, on paper, has talented um, people a part of it. It's just no one cared. Not yeah. a single person cared.
0: Yeah, I will say my last my last thoughts before we move on to our rankings, we'll just get and we'll close up the series. Um, I have seen this movie four times and I will never do it again. And the reason I've seen it four times is because I saw it one time in the theater and then I watched it again when it left the theater because I was like, it couldn't have been that bad. It couldn't have been. And it was it was actually worse the second time. And then the third time was when I had to go on. I went on rank and review and we were talking about uh, remakes. And so I was like, hey, this is the last time. This is the last fucking time I'm watching this movie. And then uh, that one, of course, ranked number six. It was the dead last on my re- rank and review. Out of all the remakes I watched, it was the worst one. And then you motherfuckers say that we had to watch this for the... I, I, I wasn't going to do it. I wasn't going to do it, but then I did it. You have and to. Fuck this movie. It's, it's
1: got nightmare in the name, but... Fuck yeah, this movie. That's the fact. That, that's, this is the last time. I'm not watching Ugh. it ever again. It's, it's yeah. done. I hate
0: it. There's Hate no it. way. There's no all way. All right, guys, let's rank all of our nightmare movies.
2: But if someone pissed in my mouth, then that'd be sick.
1: For
0: like, <laughs> and for we reached
2: family? the main. <laughs> we've reached the final
0: segment of our Nightmare on Elm Street retrospective franchise series. Uh, so this is the portion of the show where we are going to reflect on what we have learned since the beginning of this. Uh, we're going to reflect on the last three episodes, I guess, four episodes now. And we're each going to offer up our own personal rankings of the Nightmare franchise from least favorite to favorite. And we have our we have our lists from our guests, Scott, Seb and Tyler. So we're going to lead off with them. But first of all, I just want to ask you guys what you feel like you learned from this franchise.
1: We're all gonna have the same pick for the worst one. I don't think so. <laughs> really? I know
0: yeah. There's a there's a couple people here. Uh, yeah. No, uh, we're not. <laughs> not wow. all of us are gonna have that as the last. I one. I felt
1: like that was like a safe bet.
2: Damn. Yeah. Nothing is safe anymore.
0: I don't know. I basically just think that we assembled the perfect cast of friends to join us for this journey. So like they I I think that we did a pretty good job of representing all different types of camps that you have for Nightmare for the Nightmare fan bases out there. But I just the couple things that I want to get out of the way before I offer my rankings is I just want to say, like, just because a movie is technically shot better than a few of these other Nightmare films, it doesn't... er, Doesn't mean that it's a better movie for me. Like nine times out of ten, I would take Street Trash, or actually ten times out of ten, I would take Street Trash over the English Patient. Just because a movie is technically well made doesn't mean that I'm going to choose it when we're talking about corny slasher movies. So Um, you're going
2: for the enjoyment aspect,
0: absolutely, as as you should be in a Nightmare on Elm Street retrospective.
2: Okay, well here here's what I what I think. I think here, Kyle. Overall, (laughs) (laughs) overall, I enjoyed this series at its height. It's great, but at its lowest, it's bottom of the barrel. I mean, that's that's maybe part of the course of a franchise with this length. The concept of Nightmare is just so tight. It's asking for elaboration. It's asking to be, like, stretched and squeezed out. So it makes sense that the series kind of went where it did. Um, right. But I think, I think a couple of these films are absolutely essential viewing. Yeah. Um, and i think that's that's my biggest takeaway is i think there's a reason why this franchise is held with such reverence and held with such you know um esteem and um you know i can get more into that a little bit on my list but i i think overall watching this cuz i would like 90% of these movies i watched for the first time uh for the show uh and it was a trip i don't i don't think um I don't think I could have done it any other way. To be honest with you, I don't think I ever would have sucked like seeked out number five randomly. I would have had to watch it, and I think and I think it was a lot of fun doing so.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I just want a couple things I want to point out before we get onto the list is uh, I can announce that Seb, uh, guest on episode two uh, where we talked about Dream Warriors and the Dream Master, he won the Twitter poll or the Instagram poll on uh, apparently nunchucks are still cool. Um, I needed to announce that on the show. He (laughs) made me made me promise that I announced that nunchucks are still cool. Also, I wanted to point out that like this franchise, uh, like us, we've been doing this for a long time. But uh, I feel like we've gotten a lot of people reaching out and saying that they were revisiting this franchise with us while we were doing this. And that is absolutely awesome. And I love that. I love knowing that there are people out there who are going along with us and watching rewatching these movies or watching them for the first time and then listening to us talk. Um, there's pretty much nothing better that we could ask for to come out of doing a series like this. And, that, it's been and really... uh,
1: I think um we we should, you know, always encourage more feedback. It, you know, if people are, are watching along with us, we want to hear from you guys. It's not just about us.
0: Yeah, and send it to like the terror table chat because I get it all to my like so many people text me and it's like talk to the other guys too, because like I I uh I've had these debates so many times. I want you guys to start having to have those debates as well about, you know, dream master versus the dream child. Like the, there's other people that you guys can be fighting with. There's only um, one answer by the way. There is. Um, but it's I also dude. want to point, I also want to point out that uh, Jeff, our friend, Jeff, my name, Jeff, he pointed out you? a few, he pointed out a few cool things regarding dream warriors. Uh, first, the first thing that you pointed out was the similarities between dream warriors and Roald Dahl's Charlie and the chocolate factory, the, the book, uh, cause apparently he's reading the book to his daughter uh, right now, Georgia. And, uh, it's, if you think about it, have you guys seen the original movie? Yeah. Yeah. Like there's the same body count. In that movie, as a Dream Warriors, <laughs> and and he okay. and the the kids die; they all die from their own personal phobias too. There's so many similarities between Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Dream wow. Warriors. So we'll Willie is look.
1: really catching those bodies. Yeah.
0: Oh, and uh, Jeff also told me about a. Uh, apparently, I don't know where he. I think it was on. Red, I don't know where he heard about this, but apparently, on when Dawkin was recording their music video for Dream Warriors. Do you know about this story? Like no. they had Freddie, they had they had Robert England on set. I yeah,
1: should, yeah,
0: he, he's I in should. it. He's in the music video. Apparently, in between shots, they were like taking rails off of Robert England's glove. Oh, hell so yeah! And so, so, and Robert was like high out of his mind with them. Like, I, I, have, I, no like yeah. right I have no <laughs> way of confirming this. right uh, I have no way of confirming this, but it is. It's floating around there that apparently they were all just rip roaring high shooting that music video, and like Robert was cutting the cutting the coke up with his fucking gloves
2: (laughs) that's amazing
0: that's a story
1: to tell everyone like you know how some people are like oh i don't want to talk about like my my drug history i'd be telling anyone who would listen
0: oh absolutely (laughs) all right let's get into this guy so i'm gonna lead off with uh scott's ranking so this is scott hamilton's ranking so scott's least favorite is part four the dream master what uh, that is in the last sp- last what? spot for scott yeah the dream master is the final place and uh i wish we could have had i wish we could do like a post-mortem with like everyone and they could all get their points out across about the entire franchise because i know scott has some very good points about the dream master and why he hates them but um or why he doesn't like it but uh yeah the dream master is his least favorite following that the 2010 remake uh, Scott believes that the Dream Master did more damage than the remake did, which is debatable and uh, I think he, he has a valid point that could be a valid argument Okay, uh, so, so from- it's
1: basically zero and plus one, like
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, uh, okay I'm just going to go, I'm going to not offer up a little like <laughs> sentence okay, okay. Every, every time, okay so Dream Master remake, Freddy versus Jason Freddy's dead The Dream Child, Freddy's Revenge, New Nightmare, second place, Dream Warriors, and first place, A Nightmare on Elm Street.
1: That was wild. I want to talk to him about that.
0: It's (laughs) wild. I, I dig his ranking, to be honest. But Freddy vs. Jason is really
1: low on there.
0: Yeah, the, well, there's a couple things I would obviously change, but that's also think, the age difference. I think there's an age difference yeah, there. where sure. like, you know, he, he wasn't the 12-year-old kid when Freddy vs. Jason came out.
1: Right. He already had boobs by that point. My first yeah.
0: thought from hearing that list is I just feel he'd like prob- everybody... Probably, sorry, but he had probably seen a real human boob at that point. I hadn't yet. I had to <laughs> right. wait another year right. until I saw Metallica live on the Madeline <laughs> Anger with the World Tour where I saw boobs. In real life, right?
2: <laughs> real boop, real, poop. real. Poop. <laughs> I guess from media, from hearing that list, my immediate thought is just that I think everyone probably has that one horror or that one nightmare film that um kind of encompasses all that camp. And I yeah, feel like yeah. for him, Freddy's Freddy's dead is that, and he and that, that's cool for him. I don't personally feel that way, but I can understand that maybe that is Freddy's kind of dead where that is still um,
0: at the bottom of his list. What's that Sorry. Freddie's dead is still near the bottom
2: of his list. Yeah, but it's it's higher than it should than it should be. <laughs> and so, or, or sorry, like, because wasn't that number like three, f- number four for him?
0: Freddy's no, dead. Freddy, Fre- oh, sorry, Freddy's sorry, Freddie's revenge is his is his
2: fourth one. Oh, Freddie's dead. Freddie's dead. Freddy's dead was just above Freddy okay, vs. Jason. Take back my entire argument. That makes no sense. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> yeah, you hate you hate that even more. Hey, Shots I don't want to talk I'm about fired. It. <laughs> All right. Okay. Now
0: we got Seb. So Seb's, this is the one that's, <laughs> this is fucking bonkers. But with that being said, I can say, I don't think I've ever met someone who has watched this franchise more than Seb. And it's just because he works a job where he can always be watching stuff. while like he's a graphic artist. I know for a fact, cause I'm always talking to Seb. He always has a movie on while he's like working and everything. And for a long time, it was only the nightmare franchise. Like he just watches the shit on repeat. But coming in at number nine, last place for Seb, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge. In final place is Night- Freddy's Revenge. Uh, part in uh, eighth place, he has the remake. In seventh place, he has Freddy versus Jason. In Ooh. sixth place, he has Freddy's dead. In fifth place, he has the dream child. In fourth place, he has New Nightmare. Oh, my God. Okay, here's where it gets real interesting, you guys. In third place, A Nightmare on Elm Street, 1984. What? What? In second place, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Part 4, The Dream Master. (laughs) In first place, Nightmare on Elm Street, Part 3, Dream Warriors. I'm kind of cool with this
1: list. He's a contrarian.
0: Yeah, what the fuck? Wow.
1: It's what a, a wild list.
0: <laughs> to, put, to put the Dream Master above the original is crazy. But also, I like, and this is another thing where I know Seb, he's probably listening, being like, he wishes he could explain, but I'll try and do my best for him. Is that like he's for, uh, part four is the first nightmare movie he watched. So, of course, this whole franchise has shown us that we all have our nostalgia boner for certain things. Right. All right. And now going on to Tyler Baptist. In last place at number nine. You have the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. In eighth eighth place, we have A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4, The Dream Master. In seventh, we have A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5, The Dream Child. In sixth, we have Freddy vs. Jason. In fifth place, we have A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. In fourth place, Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. In third place... A Nightmare on Elm Street three Dream Warriors. In second place, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. In wow. first place, A Nightmare on Elm Street, the original. Wild, interesting list. That's hard. I love. I I just want to say I love that. Uh, obviously, we can point out like I I handpicked these guys. I knew they all had hot takes or specific. They, this they're is all our very,
1: Nightmare A team.
0: Yeah, well, they are. They are our A team. Um, but I, I'm wow. very, very happy. I have, zero, I have zero regrets. Even even though I don't agree with a lot of things, I have zero regrets inviting all three of those guys yeah. on the show for this. Uh, it
2: resulted in three very different lists. So that's that's, what, what, well,
0: that's the, the main reason I wanted to do the ranking at the end, is to show how different everyone's going to view this franchise, because I really don't think any of us are going to be even close. Crazy. Uh, but crazy. going on from that, which one of you wants to go next?
1: I feel like it has to be Kyle cuz he always goes next.
2: Yeah. Okay, are you are you guys prepared for this?
1: I am seated and ready in case let I Let faint. me gra-
2: Let me grab my puke bucket. Okay. <laughs> okay. And gonna- and number 9, bottom of the barrel, we have Nightmare on Elm Street 2010 remake. Yes. And number 8, we have a Nightmare on Elm Street 2 Freddy's Revenge. Whoa, now I actually need to clarify here that I went back and forth on this for quite a while whether number two should be last or not. But I determined just this morning that I think remake is is worse. But honestly, in my opinion, only slightly worse. You
1: really didn't have a good time with two, did you?
2: I think it's terrible. Like very bad, okay. And it also breaks the rules
0: significantly, but so do a lot of the other ones. but Anyway. For
2: a second installment, yeah. I, yeah I, for a second yeah, yeah. installment, I think it's honestly, um, you, you, it's not redeemable. Anyway, number seven, Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. Number six, A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master. <laughs> number five, A Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child. Number four, Freddy versus Jason. Number three, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Number two, a Nightmare on Elm Street, 1984. And number one, a Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. Oof. All I can hear is just the,
1: Dream Warrior. <laughs>
2: Don't want to dream no more. I, I had to really think about like what I look for in a film myself. And I think I, I do look for a film that can have fun with, with itself, but also can have a lot of heart. And that's why I think Dream Warriors is only slightly superior to the original, I right. do think they're honestly on par. Like, if you look at my letterbox ratings, I gave them both fours, but I gave Dream Warriors a heart just because I feel like that is more akin to my taste. Um, but I need to also just kind of, uh, you know, make it apparent that the original is almost as good, if not, you know, in some ways better, of course. But yeah, that's just my personal list. I, I think it's pretty solid, to be honest. Freddy's Revenge is terrible, uh, the remake is terrible, and Essential viewing in my opinion is New Nightmare, the original, and part three. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Boozy. My turn? Yeah, now's your time
0: to show the world how much you love the dream child. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you're just you're just waiting for my contrarian nature, aren't you?
0: All right. There's being a contrarian and there's being wrong, if this is let's see. Oh,
1: Okay, number nine. This is an obvious one, and I, that's why I kind of made it like a joke about it being the universal one. It's twenty ten remake, obviously the worst one for me, and I'm sure a lot of other people. Uh, number eight, Freddy's Dead. I really did not like Freddy's Dead. Maybe it's a more of a grower than a shower. Like maybe I'll have to watch it again <laughs> in a year. But like, it definitely it, is. It did nothing for me. Um, the next one. This isn't so much. Um, a knock against the quality of it, as I would just by this point was kind of out of the story. And and about kind of things I'd mentioned with the story is uh, new nightmare. I don't hate this movie, but it is low on my list. Wow, um,
0: interesting. It, it
1: just did it didn't it didn't move the needle enough for me. Uh, number six is Dream Master. Five is Dream Child. Uh, <laughs> four is Freddy's Revenge. Three, Freddy vs. Jason. Two, the original Nightmare on Elm Street. And one, Dream Warriors.
0: Oh, wow. Beautiful. My guy. (laughs) Crazy. I think
1: think one and two are interchangeable depending on what kind of mood you're in, honestly. I think Dream Dream Warriors is the more accessible uh, Steven Spielberg fun kind of version of it. Whereas the first Nightmare is a lot darker and more of your typical what you'd expect from an 80s movie i think
2: yeah i uh i forward my uh opinion to that as well i think that, that that's a good way to put it
1: you co-sign absolutely.
2: it i do
0: absolutely that's a uh, yeah less less surprising than i thought it was gonna be <laughs> but it's good it's a good list
1: you're gonna be butthurt about new nightmare
0: no i'm not i'm not butthurt about anyone's opinions let's be real here uh, Kate, my, why are you guys laughing, you fucking assholes? <laughs> uh, okay, uh, here's mine. Um, coming in at number nine, last place, the remake. Obviously, hate that movie. It's terrible. It's the only one out of all of these that I don't like. I like all the other movies for one reason or another. Uh, this one I don't have any redeemable factors for. And number eight, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5, The Dream Child. Uh, love, <laughs> Ooh, love. No that. wonder you hate it. I don't hate it. I like I like the bike scene. The bike scene is cool. That's about it. It's an extension. You're, what?
1: You're probably just hating the fact that me and Kyle were like really lapping that movie up. I don't
0: I, I don't hate it at all. I think it's you guys that look silly. I
1: think that's a super fun movie. I love it. It's that. so
0: fun. It's yeah. yeah. You know what's also fun that gets tons of hate is Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4, The Dream Master, which is in seventh place for me. I That is in seventh place solely because of Debbie's cockroach kill. Is it stupid? Fucking rights it is. It is incredibly dumb, but I think that kill is hilarious and super fun. Um, I've also just grown to kind of appreciate the movie over the years for just, it's not great. I, I just, I can have fun with it. Number six, I have Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare. Um, so that one's that—that's the biggest surprise for me out of revisiting this. is Freddy's Dead would have been a, it would have for sure been at the bottom uh, had I not rewatched it. I hated that movie before, and I've grown to like it. Uh, so number six, Freddy's Dead. Number five, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two: Freddy's Revenge. It's fucked oh, up. man. That, I know, that movie
1: is all over the place on everyone's list.
0: It is, and I get, I get that it was a huge swing and a miss for a second installment. I understand that it has a lot of flaws, it has a lot of problems, and it shouldn't have been, especially for a second installment. It committed a lot of uh, unforgivable sins. But <laughs> War over, crimes. <laughs> but over, but over the years, I have so much fun rewatching it. It's it, this, is, it is secured that spot solely as a fun factor for me. I enjoy watching it for that. I love the special effects in that scene where um, where Mark Patton's crawling out of Freddy's body. It's awesome. Uh, so that's my number five. Number four Freddy versus Jason. Uh, so now going into top three. In third place, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. In second place, this is really hard Nightmare on Elm Street, part three Dream Warriors. What? Yeah. I've, I didn't I, see that. I did not it's,
1: see that one
0: coming. Yeah, but it's because the original is it just it'll always hold that spot. That's just a little little bit of a cut above Dream Warriors, and it's just because of uh, it being original. Also, it uh, it has the scariest kill for me in the whole franchise, which is Tina's death. Um, I love that whole scene. Uh, I love the the cast, the characters in that movie. Um, I, you know, it has its problems. All these movies do. I do love Dream Warriors just as much if not just a tiny bit less uh so overall i just i love this franchise excluding the remake but that's it folks we have done it we did the entire nightmare on elm street franchise on the tear table how exciting we're all
1: we're all stretching
0: (laughs) yeah i feel like i need a nap
1: it feels like an
2: accomplishment it really does yeah it does
0: it was. But yeah, thank you everyone for listening and for staying committed till the end if you're still listening now. Um, <laughs> and yeah, we uh, I guess we can wrap this up and follow us on all of our social medias and stay tuned for all the exciting things that we have coming up in the future on the show. We are certainly going to be doing more franchises in the future, uh, but I think for now we we have a really interesting and exciting guest coming up and then after that we're going to just do our thing where we just dissect a few oddball movies and then we'll, we'll see where we're, where we're at then.
2: But you guys want to wrap it up? Sure. Oh uh, Yeah. I think the last thing I'll say is a little uh, maybe hint is I'll put it this way. If you die in the dream, you die for real. <laughs> that's a hint for an episode that's
0: coming in two weeks? Correct. Okay, <laughs> perfect. All right. Well, we will see you guys next time on the terror Table. Take care, everyone. Bye. Sleep tight.